Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is the audio version of the Cultaholic Classic Nitro Review. You can watch the video version and take part in a future episode by going to patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. Tonight in the cage, the WCW World Heavyweight title is on the line as Ric Flair challenges the champion, Macho Man Randy Savage. Anything goes, there must be a winner. Hulk Hogan steps into the cage against the Giant. The World Tag Team title is on the line as champion Sting and Lex Luger take on Harlem Heat with the Road Warriors meeting the winner. Johnny B. Bad puts up the TV title and the doll against Diamond Dallas Page at over $6 million. The former champ, One Man Gang, challenges Conan for the U.S. heavyweight title. It's a street fight in Pity City. The Nasty Boys face Public Enemy. And in a respect match with a leather strap, the Taskmaster meets Flyin' Brian. And now... Live from the Bayfront Center in St. Petersburg, Florida, it's Super Brawl 6. That was WCW on tour. <laughs> Welcome to the Cult of High Classic WCW Super Brawl 1996 Watch Along presentation. This is where we sit down and watch an entire WCW pay-per-view because apparently there's nothing more pressing right now. Who be we? I mean, fake Geordie, radio presenter with that portfolio, joined by resident WCW kid Sam Driver. Hello. Oh my God, mate. It's nearly Cardiff time. It is. It's nearly Cardiff. Cardiff it's time. nearly fucking Cardiff. So fucking excited, Nick. Me and Sam got a Cardiff. We're going to so get... So excited. I'm really, like, the last time, or one of... That in we fact, had no, let's just, let's just let's just go. The first time I was <laughs> ever trusted with, and it was a flight, admittedly, not a train. First time I was ever trusted with a professional kind of work trip was to Cannes. Um... And that went as far as the airport initially, as you do. You get through all of your security and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're just sat having a nice drink in the airport bar, reading sight and sound, having a chat about what films we're going to be watching, getting all of the like schedule ready, how we're going to work. And then all of a sudden we're three drinks deep and then they're calling for us over the thing. We were late. And I was like, hey, 
Oh, we had to like sprint to the plane and we were like the last people on. Everybody's giving us this shitty looks and it was like, oh. So as long as we don't. Uh, and then, yeah, of course, the trip back from Japan where I fucked up the times completely. And then me and Jack had to sleep rough in an airport for 24 hours. <laughs> but, uh, so long as we don't get too drunk and fall asleep in the airport, on the, even I, though we're going by I was going to say, if we get drunk and fall asleep in an airport, we've really got it wrong <laughs> because we're getting a train. Yeah. <laughs> like, so we need to just try and make sure we, we get our connection because we're going to be pretty. It's six hours. Oh, don't you worry. The connection's fine because the connection will get into Cardiff. That's in my neck of the woods. That's in Tom Campbell country. Good. That's in that's that's around like Bristol and Birmingham way. That's Good. Tom Campbell country. Good. We'll be fine when we get there. I promise you. That'd be, that'd be easy sailing. Yeah, so we'll be on, it's fine because we're not getting on a plane. We're getting on a train. And the last time I checked, Wales doesn't have a different time zone. So it's the same one. So I we don't know be about fine. that. You know. It does sound like that would be a thing. <laughs> it's like about 0.5 seconds faster. Yeah, just just really. It's, it's very insisted upon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out when we get there. We look forward to seeing you there. But right now... Um, we are back in the office at Cultaholic HQ in Newcastle upon Tyne, and we are watching Super Bowl 1996. You can watch along with us. So here's what's going to happen: you're going to go to the WWE Network or Peacock or whatever version of it that you Peacock, have. the inferior man's <laughs> WWE Network. <laughs> <laughs> imagine, imagine having. Oh, mate, some people in America, right? They have to go through the WWE Network like it's Hey You on Amazon Video. <laughs> I, I, oh. That'll never happen to us. <laughs> I, I am dreading this shit. I, I hate the the cableization of of subscription services has gone too far. I think the world Down with is this sort of thing. Yeah, well, I I think if you look at uh, if you look at, at at current sort of trends, it seems a lot of people are you know being forced to pick and choose or just dump it all together and go via mm. old fashioned means. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it's it's going to be interesting. I just still don't know what they're going to do, but I just like the WWE Network how it is. Why did you have to change it? I know the answer's money, but why? Do, I like that it was its own website. We don't you like just, change. I don't like change. I'm a wrestling fan. <laughs> We just want everything to stay as it is in the wrestling. Steve Austin, all in the my time. head, Steve Austin is still the champ forever. Mm-hmm. You know, Hulk Hogan is in permanent Mister America mode. Mm-hmm. It's just all the greatest hits. You know, mm-hmm. The well, Rock's there somewhere doing something. <laughs> These hits you're about to watch are not so great because Super Bowl '96 was not well received. <laughs> but who knows? We may add a whole new lacquer of paint to it that we haven't seen before. Get yourself to the WWE Network, however you consume it. February 11th, 1996, in the WCW pay per view section. You'll find Super Bowl. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Six. Got a picture of Hogan and the Giant and the WCW title on the front, as it has done for the last fucking five months. We'll give you a second to do that right now. What should we talk about? What's traditional Welsh food? Because obviously there's all stereotypes like cheese on toast. Rabbit. Like, yeah. like I, Welsh rabbit. Trying to, trying to think what else. Obviously, like, leeks are used, like, as a kind of... They're used as pens. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm just excited to be in Wales. Like, I've never been to a Welsh city. Whenever I've been to Wales as a kid, like, we had family there, so we'd go to, like, Tenby, uh, and we'd just sort of have a, a sort of beach week where we'd just sort of go and, and like, um, skimboard and do all that sort of stuff. So I've never been into, like, an actual... Uh, like, Cardiff, the Principality in particular, I'm a huge rugby fan. So oh, like nice. I've never been. Like my dad's been to see rugby there, the bastard. I've never been. Oh my god, my phone. Who is messaging me? Don't What's, worry, it's a Slack thing. It's Uber Eats. Get out. Oh <laughs> my god. It's always just like, hey, you've not used us in hey, four Sam, months. You okay? Hey, would you like a pound off a of McDonald's? Like, no. <laughs> trying to stop. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk more Welsh oh, food and we'll watch a bit of wrestling. What's Welsh McDonald's like? It's got to be vastly different, right? Oh yeah, I mean it, it'll it's it'll is be it like a Royale with cheese there? Do Royale they have with the rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what else they have in Wales? Uh, Tom crime. Jones' they music crime. is always on the air, like a David Lynch mystery. Yes, there's it's a, there's just a... kind of like floating in the distance. You just kind of hear on a quiet night as you stand on top of a building smoking a cigarette. You just hear faintly in the distance just. The opening stings to not unusual. Just did it, did it, did And then you kind of snap back to real life and you're like, oh God. I got my, my friend, um, in fact, before we do anything else, uh, on Go, we will all watch <laughs> Super Bowl 96. We'll get going because it's like nearly three hours. On Go, in three, a two, a one, go. Off we go. So anyway, so my mate. Um, yes. <laughs> um, he is the drive show for Capital in Cardiff. Okay. Uh, Josh and Callie, they are. And he's also the uh, the continuity announcer for ITV, I believe, in nice. in Wales. So I've said we'll say hello to him when we're there. Oh, for uh, sure. Which yeah. would be nice to catch up with him if he's around. But uh, I has, I must pick his brain on what <laughs> on things we can and can't say in Wales. Yeah, I, I, I've got, as I said, I had, I've got Welsh family. So I, I kind of know that there's you, you, there are firm lines that you don't cross. Well, I'm half you know? Welsh. So you'd think I'd know, wouldn't you? Yeah, you, sh- you really Welsh. should know. You my really my should dad's know. from Clanded Wells. Well, like, you should ask your dad then. I should really. Bit I? of father-son bonding. I should take him with me. Bit of old-fashioned Welsh. I'd love Welsh my dad. Family day out. <laughs> I'd love my dad to, to come to the wrestling WWE. and chat to the wrestlers, find out how they're all doing. I think that'd be great. My dad was always, whenever he, whenever he asks about my job, he'll always go, "Hey, the bushwhackers, how are they doing?" I think they're all right. And then I got the chance to interview them. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to do it because I need to ask them on behalf of my dad. My dad asks, how you doing? <laughs> well, Gary, we're doing all right. So I said it to my dad and he went, this is the best thing I've ever had said to me. Can I just say... And he's had pictures of grandchildren. <laughs> can I just say, the uh, I don't know what it is, but the way that WCW always comes into a pay-per-view, I love. Like, I, I love the way... 
not so much that. Like, there's always kind of <laughs> like a table. There's always like a bit of they're they're sat in, but sat behind it. You see in a reverse angle, Thomas. Dusty man spread in there. Yeah, well, he's gonna know, be a nightmare on the, the American metro. dream. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's manifest destiny it's for his legs to spread. Like it's that. an American nightmare if you're trying to get to color coat. <laughs> but yeah, they'd always start on like a really weird angle of like metal. And then, like, bits of staging and pull out as you see all the lights strobing and then yeah. the whole room and the smoke machines go in and they had all of those kind of filters over so every all the lights are, like, spirally. And, God, I love it. It's good, isn't it? It's yeah. like a proper 90s aesthetic. That, that whole stage, that the Nitro stage is one of my favorites of all time. It's like that and Raw. That and the original Raw is War kind of Titan Tron. Industrial. Those are, those are the ones, and like followed closely by the original SmackDown set, which, Jesus Christ, Triple H, now that you're in charge, can we please make sure that when you do a throwback show, you bring back the oval? Bring back the fist, I you want coward. the fucking oval. Screw the fist. We'll do the oval first. Over first, fist we, next. We, you go in order. We need yeah. to do it in order. That's I did. Oh, by the way, cheers. We didn't do a cheers. Clink. Chin, chin. We're having beers. I hope you are too. If you, if that is your tipple, if it's not, then you're very welcome to join us. All the same, if anything, more so. Um, yeah. you, can, you can keep notes. Um I, I like the, the idea of like a throwback Raw and a throwback SmackDown with Triple H in charge. Yeah. That excites me. Because yeah. here's somebody that goes, I think I know what the fans want. They mm -hmm. don't want just like an 80s gloss over yeah. regular matches. They want the ovals. They yeah. want the Eggtron. They want the fist. And then eventually what I really want is for you to work out a deal with those fucking panda people and get the rights to the old logo Ooh, back. You want to get the old, you want to, you want the F just back Just for the in. throwbacks. Oh. Just for the throwbacks. I just, just for one night a year. Just to give it the, the full sheen. Just to call it the WWF Just to again. hear Michael Cole say World Wrestling Federation one more time. Oh. Like I just want to hear it. Because there was no problem with them using World Wrestling Federation. It was simply the WWF that they had the issue with. Yes. Which is why all of the shows over here had to be World Wrestling Federation Presents rather than just the logo. And then the goal of them becoming the Wildlife Fund for Nature. It's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> like you don't even want the logo. And then, and then every festival you went to, there was always some fucking pilled up bloke in a, oh God, here we go, nasty boys. There's always some pilled up bloke in one of the WWF shirts with a panda hitting another panda with a steel chair. I've got one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was that drugged up bloke. I was that drugged up bloke. Um, we are live, by the way, Bayfront Center in St. Petersburg, Florida. Uh, Elvis. That, hold on, isn't that Scientology City? It's a little bit, yeah. Yeah. But mind you, Jehovah's Witnesses used to do a lot of uh, events here. They did big really? meetings, Jehovah's Witnesses, and they did some here uh, in the 90s. Uh, it's also, a fairly gargantuanly sized Kingdom Hall, if I'm using terminology correct. It is, that a, is... It is a whopper of a hall. Yeah. Uh, Elvis, Metallica, Frank Sinatra, Elton John, the police. Hello, man, it's me. We've all played here. Do you know one thing? Now you just said Metallica, and we're talking about the size of venues. Do you know, like, the weirdest thing was before we had what was the Teller West and then the, the Metro Radio, now the Utility Arena. Utility, yeah. um, before we had that, that, Metallica played Whitley Bay Ice Rink. They did! I've got it on CD. Like, I have Whitley a... Whitley But it's just, yeah, it's the, it's the like, Whitley Bay... It's it's like the Bill Bailey, Marilyn Manson thing with Milton Keynes. <laughs> just the thought of, like, just Whitley Bay Ice Rink being the place where you'd go see, like, Black Album era Metallica. Like, what the fuck? The WWF used to do shows at Whitley Bay. Yeah. But it's it Yokozuna on an like, ice rink. It's terrifying. It's, it's just like, holy shit, like Whitley Bay of all places. It's just, it doesn't really mean a lot to anybody not from the area, but it's weird. But now, you'll, you know, where you're listening, you'll have that strange venue that you think, really, you'll put on a show there? Yeah. It's I think this is, 
so far what I've been expecting if we get onto the match now, because straight away Public Enemy what? out for tables, and straight away we got Sags. Sags. Sags laying in with the chair. I can never tell. Nobs is blonde. Nobs is Nobs is very much the one that's still very more very much more in the public eye than Sags is. Yes. Well um, Nobs is the one who's more publicly Hogan's mate, right? Yes. Yeah. Sags is so more Nobs, um, Hogan's a knob, Nobs is blonde. Yeah. Hogan's uh, blonde. Sags, I remember hearing recently like William Regal talking about like drinking with Sags back in the day or like partying with Sags back in the day a bit, like after shows and stuff, and it just being as you'd expect. Yeah. They seem to be like they live hardcore, those guys. Oh, they went <laughs> like, for it. They they uh yeah. Um the if you're an indoor soccer fan, by the way, the Tampa Bay Terror and the Tampa Bay Rowdies played indoor soccer here in the nineties. I, I wanna know I wanna go see indoor football, like arena football. Like mm. the entire concept's fascinating because like NFL. It's funny sucks. how it's so how it is so, because it's just it's the same football we just put in a roof on. Like, it. but NFL sucks on grass, right? Getting like absolutely smashed. And then landing on grass or turf sucks. How bad is it when it's just a bit of carpet with some underlay and a concrete floor and tables gone? Devon selling that. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I like the shaky, I'm having a seizure selling. It's not, yeah, little bit, but it's it's more just the initial kind of <laughs> of it that I love. I like their uh, 69 shirts. Mm. Oh, I like yep. that there's a concession stand set up where no fan could access it. This venue is no longer here, by the way. It was, according to Wikipedia, imploded. Yeah, that's how they tend to take them all down. <laughs> I find, is that where where you see those videos of them, like where the buildings crash from within? Well, if you take a building apart by explosion, what happens, Tom, is everything around the building ah. uh, is, is collateral damage in said explosion, including all of the innocent people in the buildings I working across the street. So you need to implode it, which is putting explosives on all of the support struts on the inside of the building. Ah. And then it's detonated in like rings. So like you'll see like the top of the roof goes first. And say if you're watching a dome from the outside, you'll see like the middle and then the like the center, the middle, and then like the outside will go and then the top layer will go and they kind of bring it down layer by layer, but in a matter of seconds. The so you watch you know. it kind of fold in on itself and that leaves you with a pile rather than well, over a hundred streets. I never thought of that. <laughs> that's, that's, I had never, it never crossed my mind that that's why we implode. <laughs> the, the, the word implode the more is just you know, funny. Right? You learn so many things know. on this on this podcast. Seventy-two thousand fans. <laughs> no, it's true. Seventy-two thousand fans are there. About six thousand of them paid. A thousand were turned away on the day. Hold on. Seventy-two thousand were there. 7,200 with that. I was going to say. Yeah, sorry. not 72,000 people in there. Just couldn't <laughs> wait to see Nasty Boys as a public fucking enemy. Um, 7,200 fans, 6,000 of them paid. Yeah. Uh, 1,000 were turned away. So, you know, in terms of like the gate, they got people away. Um, it's a shame they papered it and they had to turn people away. Yeah, I mean, you <laughs> could have easily got on, them uh, done. What, at least 30 grand there? I'd say, what, about $30 a ticket? How much did tickets cost back then? I don't know, but they, made, they made 90 grand on ticket sales, according to. Well, at Wikipedia. least they turned a profit, no yeah. matter how small it was. They made some pennies. Here's some, here's some fun facts for you. Backstage at yep. this event, right? Mm -hmm. There's a few people backstage. Mike Graham's backstage because they're in the Tampa okay. area. Uh, the Bushwhackers are backstage. Nice. How are they doing? They are currently backstage at Super Brawl. She win on everything. The Warlord is backstage tonight. Okay. John Laurinaitis is there to hang out with his brother. Bit of Johnny X, yeah. Hang out with his brother. Al Green, uh, who's a sort of noteworthy uh, yeah, mid-card guy. B. Brian Blair. Hanging out backstage. Right. Triple A president Antonio I mean, a... Pena. Okay, so we've got Antonio Pena and B. Brian Blair 
in the, in the okay, same room. Going. Painter and Bischoff are having a chat because they want to do some work with AAA. Yep. Pat Patterson is backstage. Pat he was, Patterson's backstage. He was incommunicado from the WWF at this point. He was right. relieved from his role in WWF at this point. So he was popping backstage at WCW. That's a, <laughs> that's a fucking hefty one. Yeah, he was just backstage seeing friends. He was in the area. Oh, popped in. I'm nice. sure. I'm sure they would have said, "Hey, let's come." Would you ever fancy it? And there obviously, seems he to always going... be a pretty relaxed attitude with this sort of stuff because mm. it's like, well, you don't want to piss the guys off if their mate can't come backstage, but you might not want to show them on camera. Mm. Like, so you got to make sure they're in like a controlled area or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you want to keep them out of the way of things. But yeah, Pat Pass backstage at Super Brawl Six. Nice. Um, Oh, now, we've already had a couple of matches already on the yeah. on the main event, which is a weird name for a pre-show. Um, Road Warriors beat Bunkhouse Buck and Dick Slater in a match that Dave Meltzer described as a dud. Well, it doesn't sound like it would have been anything <laughs> less than. <laughs> two minutes long, two minutes strong. Hugh Morris beat Chris Canyon with a moonsault okay. in a half a star affair. Which, to be honest, I'm surprised. Half a star for those two. Like, Canyon, obviously not quite Canyon that we know yet. Uh, the canyon that we're all familiar with yet, but would go on to be one of the more innovative performers with Morris, who was a pretty innovative performer mm. in terms of like his speed and power, continuing on that Vader-esque legacy of the, the big man that can move. So that's a matchup I'd want to see maybe again a few years down the line, and I'm sure we will, because the mid-card is everybody but five people a few <laughs> years down the line. So that's pretty much it. Yeah. We had a tag match with Bubba Rogers and VK Wall Street. Big boss man in IRS. What is that? Suplexing Whoa! a table. Beautiful. The table did not sell a thing. No, that is one strong working table. Uh, Craig Pittman and Jerry Maggs lost to Bubba and Wall Street. Jim Duggan making a run-in uh, for a dud of an affair. Yeah. And then uh, Jim Duggan uh, faced Kevin Sullivan on the pre-show. Uh, Which, I mean, is a hell of a match if you take it back 20 years. Well, it got minus one star. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Great I, work, everybody. It's a shame because I love Duggan. I love what... There's there's one storyline in particular involving Duggan that I adore. And it's a bit of a shitter for him that turns into a little slice of gold. And it comes up in a few years' time, I think, or a couple of years' time. And it involves the WCW TV title. But... Yes, we'll where he finds that. it in the bin and goes, yeah. I'm the TV chap now. Because they, they humiliate Duggan and I believe they make him the janitor of WCW. And then he yes. finds the title and he's like, well, it's my belt. And <laughs> it turns into a whole thing. That's exactly what that they was do. Like my introduction to Duggan, pretty much as a performer. Was as a janitor. Pretty much, yeah. Oh, but his best stuff was in like the WWE. Oh, look at that. I mean... Nice. We had we had tapes and stuff, but I, as like uh, you know a currently active watching thing, it, mm. that was it. It was the janitor storyline was the first one I really remember with Duggan. Now the match is finished, but they're carrying on anyway. They carry on regardless. Well, of course, to quote do. the beautiful Sal. <laughs> what a band! I know, right? What a band! My my bloody dad and sister have seen Paul Heaton and Jackie Abbott, and I I was like, it was one year where it was like, oh, I'm going to get dad those tickets for his birthday. She's already done it, and I was like. Shit. Because uh, I just, apparently they do like a set of their own stuff, come back on and do House Martins and Beautiful South. Yeah. And it's much. just like, oh, it's so much good shit. They are, they are incredible. Uh, we had a nice email, uh, classic at cultaholic.com. Okay. If you'd like to email us about this particular match, I'll give it a mention before we go any further. Yeah. Um, hello, Bulldog fans. Hello. Uh, about two weeks ago, I learned something that it, that has taken this long to admit to my mistake. Public Enemy versus the Nasty Boys was the first time I realized they weren't the same people with different gimmicks for different what? promotions. <laughs> they so, don't even look the same. 
They thought the nasty boys <laughs> and the public enemy <laughs> were the same team. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> Bless you. Thank you to Scott D for the email just on that. Imagine, imagine. They're just, they're just clipping in their, their, their little kind of braids <laughs> before each one. Oh, my God. Scott D, I feel bad because you emailed me at 8.44 a.m. local time before we recorded this. Oh. I thought, oh, mate, you've timed this badly. You get, you're going to get a mention. <laughs> um he does ask the question, have we ever thought of two wrestlers that were the same people? I thought, when I got back into wrestling, mm. uh, and I was seeing pictures in Power Slam and sort of wrestling magazines yeah. of Kevin Nash, I thought that was the giant, but when he was in WCW. I, so I remember like the the one we used to always suspect was that Undertaker was Kane or uh, yeah. like that it wasn't it, it so it wasn't so much the same performer but Undertaker would eventually be revealed to have been Kane all along in some weird spiritual thing and they would merge back together and how wrong we were and for fucking good reason mm. like Kane is genuinely one of the the better performers oh Conan uh, Kane's oh, like one of the, the better him. performers of my childhood in terms of like you know big memorable moments and I, I remember being like, yeah, it's definitely Undertaker. Definitely. Yeah, Undertaker's like, a good... I think, I think a lot of people confuse Undertaker with multiple people. Um, so you're not alone in yeah. that one. But thank you, Scott. Sorry for the timing, mate. It was You just emailed it this morning, and it was like, that's got to go in. It's got to go in. There you see Conan. I love Conan. Freshly tanned Mean Gene Oakland. Conan, I remember... was. Where one are you looking, of the, Conan? Conan was one of the people I remember that when, when everybody else was... Uh... <laughs> see one of... <laughs> Do so you want to look at the camera? <laughs> when everybody else at school was talking about like WWF and we didn't have it, we only had tapes that family would record so we'd watch in bulk. But Conan was always somebody that nobody else would talk about and it was like, he, he's the best, just watch WCW. <laughs> He's got the he's got the Shawn Michaels field of vision going on there, sadly. Just <laughs> looking, oh, listen to me. Hello, Conan. When did he win the US Conan. title again? Um, he beat one man gang uh, oh, after yeah, that was yeah, it yeah. On, a, on a on a dark match in dark match type affair because um, there the US title has just been ruined. Um, what did Dave Meltzer give Nasty Boys versus Public Enemy in the old stars? No, two and three quarter stars. I suppose for the time, for what right? it was for the time, that's great. Hold on, we got female performers. Oh, yes. We got female performers in WCW. I'm gonna I'm gonna burst your bubble any second now. Oh no! Fuck off! <laughs> what? There of course, is. it's Johnny B. Bad with the Diamond Doll. This is great, right? Because the all or nothing. <laughs> He's predicting the AEW pay per view <laughs> that he'll debut on. This is, of course, Las Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great because the way that the, the sort of the time has panned out with the classic Raw review. Yeah. Right. Spoiler on this. I'm going to burst your bubble. He's just debuted on Raw. Well, he hasn't. <laughs> Sorry. Mark Marrow has. Mar the wild Johnny man. B. Bad ain't going fucking anywhere, mate. The wild man Mark Morrow <laughs> has debuted on Raw. Johnny B. Bad, you know, his it, final now is It is criminal how badly they fucking handle Mark Marrow. Why is it that Kimberly Page, right, can dance so badly, but she is still so fucking hot to trot? She's danced. That was an awful dance. Yeah. Still I think a lot of it. Fuck. <laughs> she what? is. Yeah, it's fucking gorgeous. But like, I just, I like, just a very doing strange. Like the weird why, is, why is the referee holding up a check that just says cash? <laughs> but I think just to go back to your point there, I think confidence is everything, man. That's how. What do you, what do you mean? I could never be that confident. If I came out, I was like, go on, dance down the ring. I'd just be like, mate, should we? Do, are we gonna do? Are we gonna throw some shapes? We're in Cardiff. 
We need to find like a. See, we've got the option of I either going to find, probably find wise like a disco. That we don't, it's probably wise that we don't divulge when we're going to jump the barricade at Cardiff. More just sort of, it's going to happen. Just be ready. Be ready. I can either confirm to or bow deny. down to me as your tribal chief. <laughs> <laughs> to quite a, a lovely tweet that I got the other day. I can either confirm nor deny that I will be ring announcing the main event of Clash of the Castle, which I love. That I, 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 I oh, am you'll so, be doing it. You'll be in the crowd, but I, you'll I be doing so it. I am so moved by the fact that someone genuinely went, I'm surprised they haven't asked you. I'm genuinely moved. Genuinely moved. They haven't. But that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to like follow around the documentary team. I, like that is we genuinely, should document the documentary like, I, team. If I could, if I could just take like a one week holiday while they were shooting something, and just go along and be a runner, I would do it. And just go along and like just just whatever they need, Man, go help with. I would love to just document them. What do we ask? Because I they'll never say yes. But, but and they, the, they'll the cost definitely will be say no if we don't. Uh, but it, it's it's like I I just want it. It's the same with the NFL. The NFL used to offer an intern program where for nine weeks, yeah, you had to pay for it yourself. But for nine weeks, you could follow NFL films on the road, and they shoot some of the most beautiful footage you will ever see. Just like high quality slow motion shots of people like making impossible catches and shit. Just stunning mm. but it's the type of stuff where you would just learn so much in a matter of hours of being around it so here we go is he right. going for kimberly and again a lovely a lovely little bit of um synchronicity with the classic review team yes diamond dallas page just kimberly page just, has just debuted as lita de no 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 <laughs> ddp just debuted on smackdown <laughs> like, oh! it's the it's the type he's stalking the undertaker oh, on SmackDown. yes has he revealed himself yet? yes he has yeah and 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 if you're watching on saturday you can enjoy myself and matthew gregg watching ddp get the shit kicked out of him by the undertaker at king of the ring that's is this the next first on the docket. ddp pay-per-view match we've reacted to no i'm sure we did ddp and johnny be bad oh shit yeah they they keep finding each other like star-crossed lovers uh, so now the check thing. This is the now this is the issue that we have with with Nitro. Like they haven't really explained this storyline. It's one that's played out on Saturday night more than Nitro. Yeah. So basically, this match is not only for the television championship, but it is for I believe a sixty-six thousand dollar check that DDP has. Right. That was Kimberly's that she won in a bingo competition. I think back in the day, though, it used to be Best that lady. the shows had a hell of a lot more division between them. I remember even as far back yeah. as like toward like the end of that first run before the first draft and the first brand split. You know, like there'd just be stuff that would be happening on the reg on SmackDown that would get no mention on Raw recaps. Yeah. Because if you were, if you didn't have like full-blown Sky here, you'd get like an hour recap per show if you were lucky every week so they just kind of pick and choose the major storylines and you'd go into pay-per-views like what the hell's going on with this yeah and you'd see a little recap like okay <laughs> that was it that's a thing that happened yeah you just kind of get little bits and pieces of it i wonder whether aew might go down that route at some point because they've just got so many wrestlers and they've got like dark dark elevation and rampage where they are building stories but yeah. whether or not you end up putting those stories on pay-per-view or do you just leave them bubbling there and wait for them to gravitate I think and graduate to, be, to it's, dynamite? It's one of the, the greatest things Russo ever brought to the business. Uh, and Greatest that trick is, that Russo that ever is, played. That is a, it is quite the fucking statement, that, because, you know, the, the weight that his name carries. That and pole matches. Wrestle crap spheres. Uh, <laughs> but the, one of the most important things that Russo brought to it was that sense of TV... Um, continuity in the respect that everybody should have a story and it kind of worked well with Pritchard's approach 
where if you go back and yeah, Pritchard's podcast, not what it used to be because he's back in the fold and everything now. But if you go back and listen to some of the older stuff when he was away from the company, it's just sort of like the one thing people kind of credit Russo with is everybody had something. They always had a little and bit of And it didn't work. matter if it blew off on pay-per-view or TV, but like, you know, Crash Holly would have a storyline. Al Snow would have a storyline. Even if they were just part of a group that kind of appeared every now and then, they didn't really have a major storyline yet. Mm there'd be something eventually bubbled up to at least a small feud that would eventually pay off probably on TV. And it just made it feel like such more, uh, so so much more of an ecosystem. Mm. And that like these people are actively, you know, driving up to the venue every week to settle their own personal scores with the people they don't like backstage. And it kind of fed off that trash TV thing, but it worked so well. And I I think we need more stuff. And it's one thing I'm hoping we're going to see under Triple H because he was, you know, arguably at the very, very top of his game, no pun intended, um, during that era where everybody had a bit of everything. Everybody had a bit of something going on. So if we can get back to that, I think it'll feel a little bit more chaotic, a little bit more busy, and a little bit more, oh, fuck, we need to watch it every week so that we don't get lost. But Dynamite has... Nice. But Dynamite has that um, vibe where like everyone's got stuff going on. But the issue is, and this is the heartbreaking thing, they need less people. Because they have got all people have got stuff going yeah. on, but you you need to and I, and I hate saying this because I've been part of businesses which have shrunk and truncated and you and you and you know I've been collateral damage in a couple of them. You need yeah. less so you can do that to its full effect. You need like a you know I think I said it in a news video on the day this uh, on the day we're recording this like if AEW trimmed down to a roster of thirty. You could really, but then how crazy is it that we're saying that magic. about a, what is still a brand new wrestling company? Yep, yep, it's true. Because yeah, you know, it's not, it's not new. It's been around for a while, but it's still brand new. It's still new. WWE's Gosh, been yeah. going for fifty fucking yeah or something. Two like, years it, is two years is nothing. Two years is nothing in the grand scheme of things. You know, like we've seen how fast. I mean, not yet on here, but we will see how fast WCW blows their lead. Yeah. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of things that go on, and it, I'm not saying that's going to happen to AEW. Of course, I think. You know, to think that they won't learn from the past is massively foolish. To think they won't be around in five years is massively foolish. Mm. But it, it's more, I yeah, I just want to see more of that kind of thing that Dynamite is bringing to it right now where people do have something going on. But would you agree, and I, and I say this as somebody who just loves wrestling full stop, mm. would you agree that there needs to be less people? Or is that a, is that a common mistake by someone like me who isn't as deeply invested? I think and once is seeing it more from a helicopter. I think once Ring of Honor is under sort sort of like kind of under control and launched and running regularly and everything's going you know strength to strength with it, we might start to see talent kind of shift. Mm-hmm. And then I think then you can have something akin to a brand split without it ever explicitly being a brand split because you can send people to Ring of Honor make Ring of Honor feel as big a deal as AEW or, you know, like more important than just an indie. Uh, and you can have their own storylines going on there. And then whenever you want, bring them back across. Because I genuinely think we're moving back into territorial world with wrestling. I, I think, especially looking at NXT Europe. Yeah, I, I think that we are moving back into territories. I'm not against it. Because I think now that, you know, the UK if there are still companies affiliated with WWE, just because NXT Europe's a thing doesn't mean they're going to stop having a relationship with WWE. No, not at all. So if they do the same in Germany and they have relationships with companies and then move on to Spain and then have relationships with companies and move on you know, to Japan and have relationships with companies and Australia and have relationships with companies, then essentially WWE, uh, WWE becomes like a governing body again. 
like an NWA style. Hey, we've got plenty of different regions and we can kind of pick and choose the best talent from any of them. So I think we might start to see more indies fall in line with several of the major companies because of that. And it will turn into a bit of a territorial mess. I quite like that. It means that more people are a bigger deal. I'm quite excited. And there's more chance to see wrestling and more chance to work as a wrestler or somebody involved in wrestling. I'm excited by like the the it, it sucks that NXT UK is ending because like genuinely they they run on fumes for ages but they've still put together I a think, really fun show. But if they're gonna if it, if the NXT it, Europe it's, thing, it's less that they've taken it out back and old yellowed it. It's more like they they've given way. Yeah, like they've respectfully bowed and gone. Okay, so we've proven this can work. Proof of concept. Like as a concept, now let's make it bigger. Mm-hmm. Let's tour it. Let's start charging more for tickets. Let's start doing all of this stuff. And I think that's that's going to be the proof if it's there. Mm. Is if NXT Europe succeeds as a touring brand, I think we're then going to end up in a territorial world again, where every country will be split up and divided into whatever. And I think if we get like multiple little NXT shows from these touring brands, I want to see all the crazy cool fucking you know team in Eastern Europe. I want to. I've never seen any Eastern European wrestling. Would you watch? I mean, I must admit, week to week, I would probably watch like an like an NXT India. Yeah. I'd watch an NXT weekly be... roundup of the best matches from several different And that's a regions. great show in itself yeah. where you do the best of NXT. And that's and just go... a fucking recap of what you've already got. Yeah. So it, it's like the more WWE could have... do a great thing where like I do an hour show every week where they go, here's the best of NXT. Yeah. And it's like, hey, this happened in NXT I'm... Europe this week. This happened in NXT I'm just Japan. amazed. And I think this might be what we see Ooh. happen. Uh, I'm amazed there's not a performance center in Saudi yet. I think that's that's the next step. Because I think if they can launch a WWE Middle East, um, then there'll be you know a reason they can send talent for longer excursions there to then appear on programming there to then kind of satisfy their deal. Well, there's a burgeoning wrestling scene in the UAE that I think yeah. WWE will want to jump on <laughs> as it grows. And there's a few people I think who already wrestle over there who I think, you know what? There's some people that yeah. you're going to get the ball rolling with. Yeah. You know? NXT Japan, I'm fascinated with how that would pan out. I'm fascinated to see what's going to go on in all of the dodgy backroom meetings. And uh, the, I don't they do. I don't think you want to fuck with the Japanese market, man. There's a lot of players involved in that. And it, it, it's, uh, yeah. But I feel like... I'm not going to... I don't want to... Just, just do your reading on the Japanese wrestling scene and who is involved in it. Who would you rather have in a meeting with those high-powered people in that fractured situation? Vince McMahon or Triple H? Triple H all day. Triple H every day. I, I think that there's Vince going. Who's your tallest? <laughs> there are a lot of, but there are a lot of things like I mean, most recently mentioned by Kota Ibushi. Uh, you know, on I think it was unsociable groups mm-hmm. uh, was the language used. You got to be very careful with the language you use around it. But oh, it sounds like get it. it sounds but bad. I, but it's it's I, no I think, different. Surely it'd be no different to. Like and and I don't know whether I'm whether I'm making this too simplistic, like how McDonald's took over the world. Well, yeah, but Ray Kroc's a piece of shit. Uh, we've been through McDonald's before. If you've Good not watched the, the founder, founder, watch the founder. Founder's learn about how film. McDonald's was born and then never fucking eat a McDonald's again. But then the Ray I- Kroc is a piece of shit. But the idea <laughs> that you go anywhere in the world and you yeah. have a McDonald's, which is sort of blends the the local. I, oh yeah, the, I, the I culture. Think that's the thing because WWE still McDonald's. WWE still does shows that do quite well overseas in Japan because yeah. people want to see the WWE style because it's unlike anything they have there because they're wrestling is a very different beast but i think when you get to the point where there may be 
criminal figures involved, then it becomes a bit of a headache <laughs> for yeah. WWE in terms of setting up. How do you do it? Do you can you buy out a company? You know, there was all that talk of maybe they're trying to get in a relationship with Noah. Maybe they try to now, buy all you Japan. Know how that started, what happens if WWE buys all Japan? I can imagine that would go down like a lead balloon. Like because the the like the history of that company, it, it means something more to a Japanese audience, uh, tradition and, and history than it would. I mean, look at the outcry over the, the IWGP belt change and its lineage mm-hmm. and kind of just getting rid of it. And it was like, what are you doing? Like, those are a long list of very established champions. And that's changed the aesthetic of a belt. WWE made their spin and no one really batted an eyelid. I fuck it. I did. I you hated batted that many piece eyelids. of shit. That spinner belt, monstrous. Chin chin. Made it- sense for Cena. Watching CM Punk hold a spinner belt like he's been on they at least stopped it spinning. my ride. They at least oh stopped it spinning. Oh. They were never going to buy Noah. That was a misconception. Mm. Do, you know, do you know the story behind this? No. So, Triple H, I, H, I made it up, Sam. Triple, I made it all up. <laughs> Triple H takes a phone call. Yeah. And they go, hey. Oh, uh, you uh, fucking. I think you've hello. Hello. Oh, yeah, it's Mike. It's uh, Mike Powell from oh. Accounts. Hi, Mike. How you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Um, we're looking at the Japanese market. We wonder whether you'd be interested in buying any of the promotions out and running them as a UK, as in a WWE promotion. Uh, to which Triple H goes, Noah. <laughs> All right, we'll give him a call. <laughs> For fuck's sake. It's the longest running weekly episodic gag in the history of the classic review series. I think the biggest <laughs> markets, though, seem to be still. We were reporting on the news the other day at the weekend. Uh, it's They want a Mexican star they can get behind for the future. Santos Escobar says hi. Preferably an established Lucha star, I believe, they can steal because everybody heard for the longest time Triple H had a massive hard-on for Roosh um, and it just never worked out for whatever reason. Uh, but they want another you know, generational Mexican star potentially they can use. They want a Japanese star. But the biggest untapped market still sat there is India and yeah. they've got to be after that like fuck. So mm-hmm. it's, I think there's going to be a very interesting period of time ahead for us. I'm really excited for it. Yeah. I genuinely... Like, how cool is it that we're watching like, just, WWE product and we're like, yeah, we're really buzzing. I'm excited. Like, so it's excited. Great. Like the the I second... love the fact that it's Triple H running the company as Clash of the Castle is but, coming around. I mean, because me, that really opens up the... Yeah. It's Tegan Knox walking out, isn't it, on Saturday? It's Tegan Knox. It's Tegan Knox doing a running on Saturday. Just, Who just can save us from this burning attack? Burning Hammer's Tyson Fury. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, or it's like, oh, no... Damage control of beating up the champ at Bianca Belair and Lexa Bill. Who could come and save her? Fucking Tegan Knox. Huge, huge pop. My God, Monsters. you blow the roof. I refuse to believe that Triple H hasn't even picked up the phone and gone, Tegan, how are you feeling? It's, I refuse to the believe thing was, it. With, with Tegan, Tegan Knox, because Triple like, loves Tegan Knox. But Tegan Knox, when she. Not in a weird way. When, she, when she was with WCW, uh, WCPW, sorry, um, it was a time where we, we, we couldn't we didn't really have any female performers and then it was like we we need female performers and the most trusted name that the name that came back again and again and again was, was tegan knox or um nixon newell as she was at the time and so it was nixon and b and and it, for the while it was just them and and maybe we had alex winters i think once or twice but she just came in like an absolute storm and it was just solid match after solid match after solid match. And then she gets signed off to WWE. And it's just a rotten run of luck. Like an awful, awful run of luck. 
with multiple injuries, and then you'd hear like all of the kind of, you know, well, if Vince thinks somebody's injury prone, and it's, you know, I, I think Triple H is somebody who will understand maybe the mo like monumental moment could happen there. I think I know what they're going to do. Oh my God, Sam. What? Shayna Baszler yeah. beats Liv Morgan. Mm -hmm. Which it. already I would be gutted at, but at the same time, drunkenly right. screaming, going, yeah, Shayna, yes. no, holding up my miniature Warhammers, going, yeah. Don't hold, on to, don't hold on to that too long. Put that miniature Warhammer down. No, I'm throwing my coin into the, the ring. I am the, the champ of SmackDown now in this stupid country. Yeah. And there is no one that can take this off me. Yeah. Welsh flag on the Tron. Yeah, but then what Tegan happens? Knox's his name. You can't have Tegan Knox just come out and beat Shayna. Yes, you can. And here's my reasons why. <laughs> and here's my reasons why. Yes, you can. Because <laughs> it's wrestling and it's made up. It is, yeah. Oh, Tegan Knox. Nice pile driver. Tegan Knox comes smack that women's champion that night. That'll be fucking. Driving bad just won the belt, actually. Glad with we a, talked with about a that. tombstone pile driver. Johnny. Trips will do it. Trips will. Vince wouldn't do it. Vince would bring out, hey, look, here's, here's Mason Ryan. Remember him know, from the from Adam Pacitti's song? Do you know bring like, him out. But no, nah, Tegan Knox. It was fascinating listening to, I went back over Regal's Blue Bloods episode. Mm. And just hearing how close him and Triple H were, it's like, for the time, it's like fascinating. When he's like told, like, hey, you know, Trips goes to him and he's like, hey, like, you know, WWF want me. And he's like, you've got to take the deal. And he's like, and then bless him. He's like, you know, I can't just leave you here. We're about to do this. And he's like, you have to do this. Like, I I, I hope one day we get Regal back, but only when he's done with kind of doing on-screen stuff. Because he said on that I same think podcast. the dream team of, of Triple H and Regal, like, and that was the other thing was when he was talking about like, oh, does does he still talk to me about wrestling? He's like, no, we're just mates. He's like, mm. I don't concern myself with what he's doing. He doesn't concern himself with what I'm doing outside of a, hey, I saw what you did and hey, oh, that was cool. But like, it just, yeah, like, I, I would love to have, because I think with Regal back, maybe we'd get a bit more UK love in terms of the shows. And I, I want more Clash at the Castle style stuff. Yeah, but at the same time, I think Clash of the Castle should tour. I think it should become a yearly Different event. Castles. Yeah, well, I mean, it's Europe. There's a castle every fucking five minutes. I mean, the nice thing is you've got that name which you can tour with. Yeah, and I think they should do it. They should, you know, because could you imagine it from like somewhere in Germany, somewhere in like you know Eastern Clash Europe, at das castle. somewhere in in Scandinavia? Like you could do it in all these different places, like Transylvania. Could you imagine? Do not threaten me with a good like, time. He, he, there's so many cool places you could go to that are kind of historically... And, and I res respect to you for coming to that. Yeah. I never thought of that as like, this is a name that you can tour with. I just thought, strange, but all right. But it's because you can tour with yeah. it. You can take a class at the castle. There's a castle in my hometown of Prudhoe. Prudhoe, Northumberland. Yeah. Big shout out anybody listening from Prudhoe So Massive. what you're suggesting is WWE yes, do a show in Prudhoe. Yeah, if, if <laughs> WWE does a show, Waterworld, if they if they take all the pool water out of Waterworld, they can maybe fit a ring at about 500 people in there. <laughs> and there's a slide for standing room only. There's a Newcastle castle. Well, it's called Newcastle. Yeah, but why, why, would you, why would you do the castle keep in Newcastle when you do Prudhoe? I mean, it's Prudder. got an SCA paper plant that smells like farts. <laughs> Prudhoe. There's a Greg's in a co-op. 
There must be a wrestler that's come from Prudder. Uh, Let me tell you something, Prudder. No, but I believe I believe Pax originally from I think nearby. Pac once went to the co-op in Prudder. No, I think Pax originally from like a village over the hills nearby. Oh, is like, he? Or family, I'm sure. Ah. Someone's mum knows Pac yeah. in that, in Prudder. Also, concert, love concert, and big shout out to concert, you Barry's some, Bargains. You could do some great you videos near the telescopes. You ever been to Barry's in concert? No, nah, I've been to the telescopes. Mate, Barry's is like the the weird imported European food slash stuff that like booze that's going to go off in about two months shop. Oh, nice. So you go in and it's like, hey, I have a crate of Asahi for like 11 quid. And you're like, yeah. And then also have some weird written sports you've never heard of. 10 for a pound. And wow. you're like, I'm going to get fat today. What a piece this of that really action. Great. Yeah. Get yourself to Barry's. I want to go to Barry's. Get yourself to Barry's. Barry's bargain basement. Concert. Barry, do a run-in. <laughs> when Shayna Baser wins the SmackDown Women's Championship, Somebody out there is listening. Because I'm, I'm originally, I'm not even from Prudder, really. I'm from Chopwell. So like, if anybody... If anybody knows where Chopple is, they're a real G. Uh, but <laughs> Chopple is fucking. Chopple's rough, bless it. Uh, but concert is, uh, yeah, concert somewhere that's just. It's got Barry's. I mean, it's got a Barry's and a Spoons and a cinema. How can what, you go what wrong? What more do you need? It had an index at one point. Oh, it was that big a town. Oh, and it's got an in stores. You ever wanted to go to a butcher's and then buy a, a, a sofa right next to the butcher's? Who, who has You can only do that in in stores. While they're packing up your sofa, go get some meat. Yeah. Do you want some rainbow drops? Yeah. Yeah, they're probably at a stall in there, plus some lighters. I want to go yeah. for a pipe while they're packing Then there's it a up. few empty units and somebody that's just selling bongs. But, you know, it's, it's all right. <laughs> and then next to the bong yeah. guy is where your grandma bri- uh, buys her, like, uh, knitting supplies. Yeah. Oh, yes. This concert's a great Sometimes town. she goes in the wrong place. <laughs> go to the Demi, have a drink. That's, that's like this you're really pop, selling us on the Prudder pop the one person uh, who, who knows where concert is oh also if you go to Stanley near concert they've got an Argos clearance place which is insane Ooh. yeah like just TVs for like 200 quid 300 nice. quid off big old American fridge for like 400 oh amazing I know Stanley anyway oh. Harlem Heat <laughs> <laughs> Any, anyway anyway Hardwick Heat that's um, <laughs> Hardwick's tea side sorry um, what did Dave say about Johnny B. Bad versus Paige? Because fuck, we talked about it enough. Uh, <laughs> what did Dave say well, about I, it? From what, I, from what I was watching as we were talking, I, I feel it was a, a nicely fluid match. Yeah. If a little full of bullshit. A uh, couple of maybe couple too many moments where it was a bit kind of like over egg in the pudding. But mm. I like the finish. The DDP has him up for the, the tombstone only for it to flip. And then Johnny gets the upper hand last minute. I'm going to say... Two and a half stars. Three and a quarter. Ooh. You weren't far off. You weren't a million miles away. As I do a quick little check and a quick little time check. We are 39 minutes, 48, 49, Here we go. 50. And who, who, who's this then, Sam? And his leg leg. <laughs> Oh, he got surprised by the Some, pirated old leg. Uh, oh, look at me arms. I'm a strong leg. It's a man called leg. Oh, look at me leg belt. Oh, I'm tapping me leg belt. There's Sting oh, there. Oh, proper love Sting me. Oh, I've got hair like him and a handful of dollars. Is that not the kid from the WWE magazine advert that we've no, seen so many No, he was times. too much of a dweeb. Ah, oh, fair enough. How do you feel, right? It's been a couple of weeks now. Thoughts on brunette Sting? 
I don't know. Nah, I, I don't like it either. I, I think the surface thing needs to be bleach blonde. I, as somebody who is brunette, who has bleached their hair, I'll tell you there is a world of difference. Mm. Uh, you really do look on the bright side of life, and I would recommend bleaching your hair to any fellow bl- uh, brown-haired people out there. Uh, and I think that, you know, Sting right now looks like a fun guy. Yeah. <laughs> but he looks like a fun guy that you maybe, you know, you text him Saturday night. You're like, oh, what are you doing? He's like, not much. You know, oh, you're a fun guy. You want to come out for a drink? And he goes, yeah. But because he's got brown hair, he's going to let you down. Mm. If he had his bleached hair, he'd be immediately, the second he went, yeah, on your door with a crate of beer and his surfboard. And he'd be like, yeah. He'd be up for it. He'd be giving you, he'd be giving you good vibes. Whereas brown haired sting, brunette sting. There'd probably be... be like five minutes of Bible conjecture and like a, a speech <laughs> at the start. But uh, I'd say brown hair sting. sting arrives with a beer and three Bibles. See, I'd say brunette sting would meet you in the pub and he'd be a few minutes late and you go, how's it going? And he'd go, it's got a big wax oh, jacket on. Yeah, that's yeah. it. But, but, he, but when you say like, oh, how's it going? He'd go, oh, you know, same old. Like he wouldn't bring you... All that. Yeah, oomph. he wouldn't be wooing. He'd be fine. Like, as company, he'd be fine. He'd have a bit of a whinge. He'd have to yeah. kind of get through that, and then he'd be fine. So, if you've missed <laughs> every single episode of this so far... Analysis. Um, analysis time. Lex Luger. Uh, nobody quite knows about Lex Luger. He arrived on the debut episode of Nitro, and he was kind of a babyface. Oh, was he? Mm. And that's where we've been since. Now he's managed to get himself into a tag team with Sting, who, because he's not blonde anymore, is now an idiot for some reason. Um, Lex is, like, cheating as much as he possibly can to retain the belt and win. Uh, He's making run-ins to kind of attack other people. Uh, He's trying to hide it all from Sting, and Sting just doesn't seem to understand what's going on. Now that is Every single time he openly watches Lex cheat, somebody else quickly distracts him and he's like, "Oh, we won? Woo! Amazing. <laughs> Hold on. How do we win that quick if we were on the back foot?" And Lex is quickly disposing of a literal rifle. Um just quickly like polishing it down with a bit of gasoline, get all the fingerprints off it in a rag, just throwing it into the audience. Um he's like, "Oh, no, man." Holding his belt and then they they clink belts together and and they're uh now this, they're, they're friends again. This isn't a feud. This isn't a story that has ebb and flowed over six weeks. So this is what has been every episode of Nitro for about two months. Yeah, they've only just recently got that bit. Like they've only leap. recently got Lex and Sting together as a like kind of an official team, I guess. But they literally the same, had a thing where they said we should be an official. Yeah, team. we should be a team. Like, so big, their Facebook the status from it's complicated to in a relationship. But every single person's like Sting, what are you doing? He's an idiot, and Sting's like no. I could change him, man. Every six seconds, I think about how something suspicious has happened. But nice, no, I really... love him. I can change him. He slammed Yokozuna. Yeah, on the USS Intrepid. He's been all right to me, man. I can't see what you're seeing. And I'm Ivan Dubsky, the mid-safe murderer. <laughs> Only I never did it. Can I give back Mr. Hoppy? Mr. Hoppy. Hoppy. They ruined the meat-safe murderer. By the last episode, can I have of the Monkey best Dust. of Smokey on CD, please? They ruined it at the end of Monkey Dust by have, by showing him murdering people. I think they ruined. I it. never saw the end. The of end. Monkey Dust. The, the, the last. The last Ivan Dobsky sketches. He murders everybody. Oh, is that I'm the like, one where no. he's he's just kind of on Mr. Hoppy with the the, the hatchet? Yeah, but you oh, yeah, see I it. Didn't, I didn't so much mind that. I didn't like it because like, I like the idea that we never see it. But the fact that he does it, we go, okay, well, he did it all yeah. along. If you've not I seen like the- Monkey Dust, this is a deep BBC three oh. cut. Get it fucking dug out. You deep can buy the first season on DVD, fuck. but that's about it because it's a whole rights issue with his family, uh, the creator and the creator died. Oh, really? and it's, it's, it, that's why you can only get season one on DVD. Oh, wow. 
I didn't so know that. I've got seasons two and three from people uh, who had connections to BBC libraries and stuff. But uh, should I be investigating that? Uh, well, if you're the British broadcast, you might have access to libraries of stuff that hasn't been released. There is so, a yeah. door. There is a door that I need uh, my pass to get into. But there, yeah, the the monkey dust is just. It's a time and a place thing. If you grew up in the 90s, you will get it a lot more. If you're British, like for sure, because it's just sort of like Britain moving forward, Tony Blair's education, 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 education. all that shit. Uh, and it's just sort of contrasting this positive, bright future for Britain with how shit Britain really was at the time. Mm. Uh, and it's just glorious. It's, it's just really glorious. Good. I don't even know how he got onto it. There's but one. Fuck me. There's there's one which is which is alarmingly like, it, it stays with me for some reason. It yeah. was some. It was uh, it was an horrible man who was on the internet oh, pretending yes. to be is a this child. Billy and uh, is it like Billy and Sophie or something? Yeah, and they're chatting to each other. But this one the reveal of that at the end of that. Oh my god! Where you where so you good. so they do this whole thing and it's you 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 kind of see it like happen in, in horrible horrible real life now with with YouTube channels like Dark Justice where they'll go online and pretend to be a child and they'll do all this but this is a character that's played out for laughs and then the end for a whole season for a whole season and then they do the reveal you just see like this, this weird like it'd fade into like somebody on like a, an MSN messenger style thing dirty and hands. then fade off to black and it was always dirty hands and kind of like a, a old man laugh and like cigarette it was awful grim but the reveal of that at the end it is a season long wait but fuck me it is mm. glorious because it turns out that it wasn't a young person he was talking to no it was another dirty pervert yeah, and, it's and they just... meet on the on the bench and they both have the realisation to go ah fuck Billy <laughs> Charlotte Oh, <laughs> that was the joke. You know, that was kind of pre-Dark Justice and pre-like those YouTube channels where they go and yeah, bust yeah. people for being horrible wrong-uns. But then, but at the time, it was it was a yeah. well-observed sketch. On season two, you had uh, Kelly, the work experience girl, where she's like, I'm Kelly. I'm here on work experience. And she just keeps oh, putting wait. like forks I'm into Kelly, plugs. I'm, I'm Kelly, work experience. Work experience. Yeah. It's that brummy accent that really yeah. lends itself to people being... And I'm from that neck of the woods, so I can say it. It's an accent that lends itself to being a bit thick. Uh, is it Billy and Daddy? That one's a bad one. Clive with his stories about being out drunk. Oh. Clive always comes home late and his wife sat up waiting for him in, a, in their like grim little flat. And he's like, oh, spin a Rooney nearly. Uh, He'd tell this big old story. But it'd be like, where have you been, Clive? It's 2 a.m. and you finished work at 6. And he'd then give the entire plot for Lord of the Rings. And she'd be like, that's the plot for J.R.R. Tolkien's seminal 1930-whatever novel, The Lord of the Rings. Where have you really been, Clive? And he'd just be like, it'd always be something grim. Like, I, I got spit, I got spit I, roasted I, I by was, some tramps. I, I was spit roasting a hooker with your dad or something. <laughs> it was just like, oh, God. Like, just... And then it just kind of sits and hangs on the image of her disappointed face before it just cuts. It's just a bleak, bleak <laughs> show. It is fucking... If you ever wanted to kind of understand really dark British humor, Monkey Dust's the show. I really love that people would listen to this and they would have thought, okay, they didn't talk much about the first match. They talked about NXT a lot. So now they've got that out of their system. Yeah. Maybe they'll focus on the next one. No, no, oh, no, they talk talking about, about Monkey like, Dust now. Wait till we get to Mr. Frosty in a bit. Oh. Some connects. Do you remember, right, around the same time as Monkey Dust, there was, and, and this is something that comes up in conversation with me and my younger brother, Mike, a lot, just because of how disappointed we were. There was a, there was a sketch show on ITV called Monkey Trousers. Right. No, I don't remember. Right. It. And, and it starred, like, the, I'm going to pull up the cast 
of Monkey Trousers. It was a sketch show. Yeah. Um, brand new sketches written by. Okay, here we go. I've got them here. So who was in it? And like, and it's a real fucking. Can I just say who? real quick? Stevie Ray did not deserve to ever become a Marty Jannetty. Sure, the guy can't talk. Sure, maybe he's not quite as quite as impressive in his motion. Because Booker T's motion, I, I think Booker T moves better than any wrestler I've ever seen in the and world. And because he's next the to way, Stevie Ray. Because it's fluid. It is fluid. Like, it's not a single bit of wasted momentum. Even there where he was just kind of like turning off to the crowd, turns back. It's like watching The Rock in a way where yeah. every little thing just had a reason. Do you but think the because fact that Stevie, Stevie Ray, Ray was wasn't... next to Booker T, he kind of de facto became the other guy in the tag team. And I feel like had they tagged initially and they found something better for Stevie Ray than just like, oh, we're going to do another Harlem Heat with you. You, like, mi- you missed out the entire NWA black and white. Yeah, but... It, the NWO B team. It, it, it's, it's just not... Like, Stevie, I think, should have been... They should have maybe done Harlem Heat as best they could and then tried to split them fairly because I think Stevie Ray, with enough time and maybe a mouthpiece, would have been all right. I say he's just drop Lex like that. Uh, but like, <laughs> I think because because he's next to Booker T, he's remembered a lot less favorably simply because his brother is one of literally the best to ever do it. Like, it's just fucking it's surreal. A tough, it's a tough yeah. order. Right. And anyway, that's enough wrestling. Yeah, enough um, of that. Right. <laughs> 2005 ITV series Monkey Trousers. It's right. a sketch show. Okay. Ronnie Acona. Okay. Mackenzie Crook. Right. Griff Reese Jones. Yeah. Steve Coogan. All right. Neil Morrissey. Right. John Thompson. Fucking hell. Alistair McGowan. Yeah. Vic Reeves. Uh huh. Bob Mortimer. What? It was, and this was a disappointment. It was fucking awful. I, oh, is it an ego too many, thing, though? Too many cooks. Too many cooks. It yeah. was fucking awful. So bad. Both me and Mike really excitedly watched the first couple of episodes and went, this is shit. This, isn't, this like isn't funny. You need one or two big names per episode, don't you? Yeah, and they because just overloaded it. And, and, and I know for a fact they put those names there, but I also know for a fact that it also contained cameos from like Rebecca Front. It, it was uh, Victor Maldrew was in it. Richard Wilson yeah. was in it. Um, I'm sure David Walliams was in a couple of episodes as well. 619! 619, Booker! <laughs> Did he do a 619? No, he could have ah. done it. Get in there, six one nine. Come on, Stevie's just tagged you. Monkey trousers was deep. Oh, he fucking picked him up. He was on the ropes. And boom. Stevie Ray was like Booker, six one nine. Tagged him in, and he went. I don't know what that is. That was it. Just disappointing. This is a really interesting, like slow-paced match. Like, I don't know whether the Harlem Heat are playing the heels too heavily. Because I didn't know they were heels. I thought they were baby faces. They're kind of... They're not... It's a weird one. Like, they're... Tweeners. Sort of. I, I guess that they've never really been fully fleshed out yet. They they kind of... They've had the whole thing with Sherry, mm. uh, which was great until it ended with the Colonel situation. But they kind of... They didn't need Sherry. Booker can talk like a motherfucker. Like, it doesn't matter. It, it just... Yeah, they they kind of they're just in this weird little mire at the minute, but they're gonna become uh, the most over thing in the world soon. Yeah, oh god, yeah, yeah. Give them. Time. I love their gear as well. This is what I just keep thinking. I keep looking at their gear and just thinking about running a nineties promotion, man. <laughs> I think that the the saddest part was like recently it came up in conversation about Harlem Heat's last match being a pay per view. Yeah, Booker T went on his podcast, this radio show, and went, "I don't want to do that." Yeah. We don't want to have a last oh. match. That's a silly idea. At the same time, Stevie Ray 
posted a tweet of him in the gym going, I'm ready for my last match. I was like, oh no, Stevie. I... You need both of you pulling together on this one. I... No one's going to buy Stevie Ray's last match. And that's no disrespect to Stevie Ray. No, not at all. I, I, I would like to see... One more Harlem Heat match, but I, I think I think there's money in what we were talking about a while back. I think that um, Conrad Thompson should take the wealth of money he has, and I believe he should set up a company called One More Match, and I think he should capitalize on what he did for Ric Flair, and he should go to Kurt Angle next, who's also on his podcast network, and then Jeff Jarrett, and he should set up an event in the city they choose with a card dictated or curated by, not dictated, maybe just curated by, and here we go. Oh, here he comes in, animal. Piece of lead. What a shit finish. Uh, but I think Awful. I think Conrad should should run with the whole idea of doing the one more match deal. Yeah, I, like, think, I think he wants to. I think, it, it, you know, you could take something like, uh, say when Sting retires, retires. Okay, let's do a show. Where do you want to run it? All right, we'll do it in WCW territory. We'll do it Georgia. Who do you want on the card? Ideally, these people. Okay, well, we can do these people with these newer faces that people are going to want to kind of buy in out of curiosity and then do like a young versus old, just like Flair's last match. That should be happening because that's the type of event where I could see uh, a Harlem Heat main event with a card they're kind of curating. They both run a school, so there'll be no like lack of talent or anything. Yeah, like, you'll, you'll get people. In I, no, I think no that danger. it's the way that you do it because, you know, just because WWE gives you a retirement match doesn't mean you're done. Uh, and maybe in Kurt Angle's case, it, like in that case, it, it's not the match you really want. Not that, you know, Conrad's going to be able to get Cena versus Angle, but there might be a, another choice that, you know, certain people would make and it might be quite a nice little event. Well, do you think there's anything in the fact that Recently, obviously, Comrade's been putting the feelers out for other last matches. Yeah. The fact that he's recently got the trademark to Southern Championship Wrestling, and recently Jeff Jarrett has left WWE. Well, I think that there's been talk of Jarrett running another promotion for a little while. I think Conrad's involved. Uh, was it... His dad ran Memphis, which was what? It wasn't Southern Championship Wrestling. It was... Georgia Championship Wrestling. No, that's no. Ole no, Anderson, no, 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 no. man. Sorry, I'm uh, thinking of the Oles. Oh, shit. What was it? Well, oh, it wasn't world class, or was it? WCWA? Jerry Jarrett promotion, hold on. I mean, Jerry Jarrett nearly ran the WWF. I when when all that steroid trial malarkey went down, Vince, Vince, had, Vince had primed Jerry Jarrett to go, if I go down, you've got to run this company. <laughs> so Jerry Jarrett nearly ran the WWF. What a time that would have been. What a, what a splinter the, in the Bifrost. So that the, is. the Continental uh, Continental Wrestling Association. CWA. So the CWA. Yeah. So like either way, Jarrett's somebody who we know has uh, the ability to run a promotion. Mm -hmm. Whether for good or bad, Jarrett has the ability to run a promotion. His podcast has shown me that I was wrong about him for a very long time. Cool. That's good. I, I would like to see what Jarrett could offer. I would like to see what he could offer without somebody making him make it as WWE as possible. Um, but yeah, Conrad, get on the fucking last match hype. Get on it. I think, I said this in the news video, they should do Ric Flair's last match as an annual event. 
<laughs> it's just Ric Flair's last that. match too. I'd like it just Flair always make it against like funk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Just do it every year. Ric Flair's what? last match three. I'm going to run for a wee. You go for a wee. So I'll, I'll keep it ticking over. Keep it ticking over. I'll keep it ticking over. Could you bring me some chip sticks on your way back, please? Thank you. Bring some snackies back from your fridge. Thank you. Uh, thank you for watching along the Cobblesholic Classic Watch Along for Super Brawl 96. Hope you're having a lovely time. If you're not watching on the Patreon, we're having some lovely beers while we do so, which might make the, uh, the, <laughs> the commentary going forward a little bit interesting. We'll see how we go. If you would like uh, to watch these, if you're not watching them and you're only hearing them, you can watch them on our Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash cultaholic to do so. You can join us there. US title match. We've got time, bro. Um, I thought there was a, another match. that was a key storyline match coming up, but it's not yet. You can watch uh, patreon.com forward slash cultaholic. Not only can you watch the classic Nitro reviews and the classic Nitro watch-alongs, you can also watch the classic Raw review and the classic with, with uh, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando from cultaholic.com. You can also watch the classic SmackDown review with myself and Matthew Gregg from off of Botchamania. You can watch all of those. But how about, how about, here's a wild idea. Would you like to be on one of these through the power of Zoom? Um, that is another thing you can do. For our Patreons, we have a very special tier on the Patreon that allows you to get involved and get interactive and actually feature on an episode of the Cultaholic, Cultaholic Classic Raw, SmackDown, or Nitro review. If that sounds like something that you would be up for doing, then why not find out more at patreon.com forward slash Cultaholic. I'd love to come and see you. love to come meet you when we are in Cardiff next weekend. Oh, my gosh, it's next weekend. Mm. Cannot wait to come to Cardiff. Be a part of Clash of the Castle. The plan is basically going to be, we haven't got a, a locale decided yet, but myself, Sam Driver, possibly Owen, possibly Andrew, depending on how they're up, where they're up for it. I know, for a fact, I'm dragging Sam to it. Uh, we're going to be finding a bar near the Principality post-Clash at the Castle that we are going to frequent. And have a few drinks. It'd be an honor and a privilege if you would join us. If you're a non-alcoholic, if you're an if you have a little drink with us, if you, you'd be very welcome to join us. Even if you just want to come by and say hi and uh, have a little chat, it'd be lovely to meet you. Again, I don't quite know where that locale will be yet. Uh, if you follow at uh, the Sam Driver or at Tom Campbell or at Cultaholic on Twitter, as soon as we know where we're going to be, we'll let you know via those channels as well. Uh, Conan in the ring now, uh, and it's the him versus the one-man gang for the United States Championship. This is Conan, who has, so far, like we've seen him popping up on Nitro, and we've seen him sort of finally starting to get a little bit of a showcase. But I believe this is his first time on a WCW pay-per-view. So it's the first time we're seeing him get showcased here against uh, one of Hogan's mates in the one-man gang, a former WCW United States champion. I'd love to be able to tell you when this title change went down because the gang originally was the US champion. I believe this, was, this happened uh, before an episode of Nitro one night. The very murky nature of the WCW United States Championship. Conan, who has been a star in Mexico up until this point and beyond, uh, is now finally getting a little bit of a showcase uh, in the United States via WCW. And it's funny when you look at this and you think, why didn't they do more with Conan? There was genuinely a point where there was conversations about Conan and Hulk Hogan having a match, sort of like the Battle of Mexican, Battle in Mexico type situation. And uh, thank you very much, Sam Driver returns uh, with with chipsticks, thank you very oh, much. One man gang, yes. One man, <laughs> your favourite. It's been a bit wobbly so far. Uh, they've missed a couple of strikes. 
You mean one-man oh. gangs miss strikes? Conan's <laughs> perfect. Mm. I was telling people to keep tabs on our socials in terms of when we'll be, where we'll be going for a um, a little drink post clash. Yes. So I said keep an eye on our socials, and when we know more, we'll let you know more for sure. Not being rude, we just don't know where we're going yet. <laughs> yeah. We Pro just... Probably the nearest spoons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then come and have a come and have a cheeky beverage with us. It'd be nice to see you. Just publicly post our table. No. Do your worst. Oh my god, yeah, we can. <laughs> Should we do that on our first night? That'll be bad. We'd be we'd be awful for the rest of the I'd week. I'd be hanging out my ass for that price. I don't want to chat to Robin Reigns and be like I'll read Robin. I'm sorry, I've had a bad here. Are you the tribal chief or not? <laughs> Are you about Brown Hill? Get this in you hey, now. Hey, Roman. Oh. Hey, Roman. I brought you a nookie brune lake. I brought you a nookie brune lake, brune. <laughs> I'm with Roman Reigns. You eat, Barra. <laughs> we don't know if we're trying to Roman Reigns yet. We might be. I wish. We I might hope. be. I Manifest hope. destiny. I. We're at the press I day. Hope. We'll, we'll, I hope. We'll be there. I love that we're there. I love that we're at the press day. And that's class. It's important. It's important. Look at us. Blind. Yeah. Look at us at the fucking press day. We're doing it. Yeah. We're doing it. I, uh, when WWE came up here last time, nice they shirt. were like, let's get you get there. A nice shirt on, some nice pants, and we'll do it. I'm going to put trousers on. I hardly ever put... wear trousers yeah. these days. Tom's just all G-string. It's too hot. I should wear my G-string. It's too hot. Fuck me. This has been a miserable match. <laughs> Sorry, Conan, but it... Gang man, what, what are you doing? I don't listen think it... to that <laughs> echo around the room. And the crowd go Look mild. How bored they are. <laughs> the crowd Look at go... it. Why are you pausing so much, man? What are you doing? He's letting letting the crowd catch their breath. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Catch your breath, lads. The gang is in control. Who's the greatest? Um... It's a gang bang. <laughs> Why did the one-man gang never do who's that? The, um, who's the greatest big man wrestler that maybe isn't on the elite, like, kind of... Big Daddy, obviously. No, but, you know, there's, like, the... There's, like, a Mount Rushmore big guy wrestlers, like Vader, Tenta, oh. people oh, like okay. that. Who's the guy that should be seen as the best big guy wrestler of all time but isn't? Best big man. Because one-man gang was the shit back in the day. Now he's just shit. Now he's just shit, yeah. <laughs> um, best big man right now. I mean, is... is, is would you, do you class Mitsuharu Masawa as a... Kinda, I guess. He's a bit of a tank, of, yeah. He's a but built, he's, 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 a, he's a Mount Rushmore, if there is a Mount Rushmore for that. Yeah. Who would you put in there? Big Boss Man. Ray Trailer. That's a good I one. love he had, a, he had a good tank on him. Like, loved him. Oh, he mm. was class. Deserved uh, as much as they could possibly throw at him and did as much as he could with everything that they passed his way. Yeah, that's a good shout, actually, his big boss, man. You forget he was a big man, but then he was. Yeah. I think because he was a, he was doing an era. He loses weight, like, drastically. Where... But... but even then, like, he was in an era of just such big lads that even yeah. when he lost weight, he was still, like, a probably... It's when you see these guys rock up on the indies and you go, actually, they're huge. Whoa! It's Steve Grissom, the WCW motorsports driver. And Look at that hair. He, he's having a great day. <laughs> Look at that hair. Steve's like, yeah, I love the one-man gang too. His he's wife... Like, just So this is what pays for my race car. His wow. wife is furious. She just wanted to go for a nice dinner. 
And now she just can watch the bloody rest. Imagine Bischoff promised them dinner, but first they've got to sit through this. <laughs> that's the kind of reserved smile that Alex gives when she goes to the wrestling sometimes. But then she'll have a few beers and she'll be into it then. It's fine. <laughs> I remember when... Um, I, Alex, my good lady, she'll sometimes come along to the wrestling. But more often than not, because I'm, if I'm going to a wrestling show, it's because I'm working it. Yeah. So he's like, well, that means you're just going to bug her off. Yeah. And I'm just going to... like. And we've got friends at North who, who kind of Alex will hang out with and likes hanging out with. But if they're not there, and she's like, just, what am I going to do? Just hang around with, I'll use her word, mouth breathers. Um, <laughs> she doesn't mean it. She does a bit. Um, she doesn't mean it. She does. She does a little <laughs> bit. But she'll come along to some, and um, she will get into it. She's come to a few WWE shows. Yeah. She really gets into it. Like I think WWE house shows are just... They're good fun, aren't they? They're a lot of fun, yeah. She came along to the last house show that that we went to, actually. That was good times. And she didn't... Whoa! Conan doing a... a Oh, oh, okay! That was something that vaguely resembled a thing. Conan is going to be furious backstage after this. (laughs) We have picked the best match to pay attention to. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! Oh, no! Come on, now! What the fuck was that? Gang didn't do shit! (laughs) <laughs> he sold her nothing. Wee! Pin him, one, two, three. Go on, I dare you. Oh, no. Cocky. Gang's like, no. These people haven't suffered enough. They deserve <laughs> more pain. These people haven't gone back from the toilet yet. Apologies for eating on audio there, everybody. I'm sure nah, you heard it was it. a lovely night of just... I got... Hey, they're fine with it. I would like to be a wrestler called Piss Break Jones, right? right? My whole thing is they put me on in the middle of a car. <laughs> what the fuck was that? Jesus Christ. I think that was revenge for making Conan fall on his <laughs> ass for nothing. Oh, my <laughs> God. Pin him. That'll do. Thank Yay! fuck for that. Straight out of the ring, Conan. That's it. Don't Conan associate yourself furious. with that mess. Conan doesn't even want his belt. He's just away. One of the biggest stars in Conan, Mexico. You forgot your belt. I don't want it, SA. Fuck off. I don't want this shit. <laughs> He's so cross. <laughs> you would be, though. He knows that match was shite. Yeah, but oh. every single time he went for like a Rana, he'd kind of get dropped. Every single time he came off the rope, he wouldn't quite get caught properly. Just not a good matchup, man. Oh like, pick your God. fucking opponents properly, Bookers. He's going to be shouting backstage. At one man gang, and that'll be the only awkwardness backstage all night. Bischoff's not going to care. He's talking Wink. to Pena. He's got too much other stuff going on. Um, okay, what did, what did Meltzer give uh, Sting and Luger versus Heat, by the way? Stang and Leg versus Heat. What did he give it? Uh, 2.8. One and a half. One and a half. Wow. What did he give Conan versus one man gang? Spoiler, he buried it. Uh, a dud? Horrible, as in worst match of the year candidate, minus two stars. Oh, minus Dave, you cheeky little minx. Oh, the, the, the phone number has its tits out, which is why it's <laughs> pixelated. Dirty number. Here we Dirty go. Dirty number. Oh, Time yeah, for a are. nonsensical promo. Well, <laughs> what a rush. Now, they had a match earlier tonight, which was a dud against Bunkhouse Buck and Dirty Dick. It's just Monday Nitro. You know, they say all men are created equal. <laughs> but you look at me and you look at Hawkins. 
<laughs> and you can see that statement is not true. You couldn't see, normally <laughs> when you go two on two. <laughs> keep going. Keep going. <laughs> I couldn't hug them. <laughs> They're too spiky. I've been thinking about getting the Steinemath tattoo. Oh my I, god! I, I kind of want to tattoo a Scotty Steiner because the rate nothing's finer than Scotty Steiner. Oh, I thought you meant like the whole like promo. No, I arm. can't have I can't have the the pros. <laughs> Why not? It'd be dense. Be amazing. How dare you ruin my evening? <laughs> We're <laughs> hanging out with Animal's brother. <laughs> yes, because because he's backstage, isn't he? He's a big star in Japan soon. <laughs> I'm going to go to Japan, then I'm going to run WWF backstage. Yeah, of course you are, John, mate. Yeah, whatever. No, I really am. Around about this point, I do believe that Johnny Ace had sent WWF a video of, like, look at the shit I can do. If any interest, any chance? Well, when I, I got my Dreamcast and immediately uh, stuck an SD card reader in it so I could get all those delicious Japanese ROMs. Delicious. Uh, I got all of the the old, like, Japanese wrestling games, and it blew my mind, but it was like, Johnny Ace. Yeah. And he's just there in, like, eight, not eight, but, like, like horrible kind of early Dreamcast graphics, just, like... <sighs> fucking people-powered Johnny Ace. <laughs> doing his it is thing. like, blue trunks, just, like... <laughs> Are we ready for a bit of history? I suppose so. I read for quite an iconic moment in the in the WCW history books. I suppose we can do this. We've got to pay attention for a little bit, but yes. Brian Pillman's loose cannon character has been so effective. According to Dave Meltzer in the Wrestling Observer from this week, uh, there were concerns last week... Kevin Sullivan can't even eat a meal without thinking that, mm. that, that Brian Pillman's going to pop up out of his mashed potato. <laughs> exactly. But Raw was live last week. Yeah. And there was genuine concern from the locker room that Pillman was going to turn up on a live episode of Raw. Well, he's not. He's a lovely WCW lad, look. He is. Oh, what are you and doing attacking go. him, Pokemon? Running straight out. And off they go. Shades of last week when uh, Sullivan actually went for the fucker. Absolutely going <laughs> for the fucker. When that strap is all sweaty. I remember that from last week. When it's all sweaty <laughs> and, it, and it's slapping you and it, it's sweaty. Well, it's like it, fucking AI raw. Now we're going to see how sweaty it gets. Oh, right around the face. <laughs> it can't be like AI raw because at no point did anyone sell me any rice pudding. <laughs> WWE rice pudding. I've started, uh, I've started trying to get, there goes the strap. I've started trying to get some ideas together for, uh, for SmackDown. Ah, I don't know if it's going to happen yet, but I'm, I'm getting ideas together for it, so we'll oh. see. Oh! Iris, oh! Oh! Oh, shit! Oh! Oh, what did he just say? Oh, crowd turning. Oh, Sullivan doesn't know what to do. He's shaking with anger. What? Sullivan, my son, is fucking angry. Look at him. Now, there is a little giveaways here that this is actually part of the fix. Yeah. The fact that Sullivan is still asking the ref to undo the tape, despite the fact that Pillman's clearly just fucked off. It's just because he wants to, when he's on his way out the back door backstage, he wants to quickly run around and go whoosh. Ah. That's all. Is that what this is? Definitely. Off backstage. My dad goes, is Kevin Sullivan, so of course we, we, well, we know we should this. ask him. Yeah. 
Brian Pillman, at this very point, is backstage having a very loud argument in the middle of the thoroughfare with Eric Bischoff, to which Eric Bischoff tells him just to F Just off. to listen to 83 weeks. There's all truth <laughs> on there. And if you bring up any single journalist, it's clearly bullshit. It's clearly bullshit. Hey, here's some documented shit. No, it's not true. <laughs> is evidence. No. There's about seven sources of talks about, no, it's not true. How good of a worker was Al Snow, though? Yeah, fantastic, Eric. Thanks for directing <laughs> us to Al Snow. But if you just want to get back to the, no, it's not true. <laughs> Look at Arn in his little, uh, his little cargo shorts. Trouser noises. Arn in his cargo Oh, he just got a bit of a whip in. He was like, whoo. Go on, Arn. Go on, Arnica. Fight him in your cargoes. Fight him in your shorts. Fight him in your cargoes, on. Do it, on. Oh, he's doing it. Burgundy shorts. Burgundy Anderson is my favorite Arn Anderson. <laughs> Why wasn't this an action figure or an alternative attire in WCW NWO Revenge? <laughs> Look at a little woo from the crowd. Like, hey, go So, on. yeah, anybody that missed it. Like, um, he's on the cover of Dad Joke Weekly. Anybody that missed it, just to go over it. Uh, Sullivan and my Pillman son. were going back and forth. Pillman peels off, grabs a mic, looks Sullivan dead in the eye in front of a paying audience in a time where kayfabe was still pretty protected. Everybody knew it was rigged, but, you know, it hadn't quite publicly exploded to the level it would after this screw job. Uh, he looks Sullivan dead in the eye in the middle of the ring, the booker for WCW, and says, I respect you, booker man. Mm, and now, apparently, we're getting a, an unplanned bit of wrestling. Yeah. From a Burgundy Arn Anderson. And I think he should have kept this look personally. Definitely. He I should like be in AEW like this to this day. He's got it gives Still him Still just doing Cody promos even though Cody's not there. <laughs> talking about talking to like a coat rack. Just <laughs> as Cody. To the coat rack going, with like a blonde. If blonde anyone cut me up, I'd fucking cut. shoot him. <laughs> Cause I'm a man. <laughs> Imagine. Arn gets a broom in the ring and somebody's got to do a five-star match with a broom at pay-per-view. That'd be great. Arn Anderson giving a spine buster to a broom. Jim Cornette would have a triple coronary. <laughs> now, this is, an, this is an unusual affair uh, that is apparently happening and will happen for a, little, a couple minutes longer. Thank uh, fuck, though. The guys in the ring right now were from an era where call it in the ring was the way. Like, the fact you have people on hand where it's like, just get the fuck out there and, and do something. And they can just go out there and do something. That is as if the parties didn't know. That there was yeah. yeah. Mm. Let's let's just leave it. Leave the memories alone, Tom. It's real. Read Crazy Like a Fro Fox by Liam O'Rourke. <laughs> <laughs> it's real, Tom. Don't do this. <laughs> Actually, is Liam around? <laughs> oh, on. Arn Anderson, man. You know, the worst part is that the more I've been learning about Ole Anderson for a bit of a secret project I've got going on right now, oh, yes. I adore Ole Anderson. The fact he turned around to Vince and Linda at an NWA summit, Vince went over and it reduced himself to, and he's just like, fuck you and fuck you to Linda. Like, <laughs> just... Ole Anderson is... I... If, if, I am a, if I'm lucky enough to be at an American con... And Oli's there. I will pay any amount of money to meet that man. I the more I've learned about Oli, the more dad. it's like where it's like fucking. Oh, I hate Ric Flair. Why the fuck do you make him champion? Because he never has to be in my territory. He's off with other fucking people, and I don't have to deal with him. It's like 
I, I just, every single thing about it, he's just a miserable old bastard. He's everything I want to be when I'm like 60 years old. <laughs> like, I want to be Ole Anderson. <laughs> when I grow up, I want to be Ole Anderson. Yeah. Who doesn't? <laughs> Genuinely, like, I, I, I'd, I'd love to meet Arn, but like, Ole now is like a life goal thing for me. I need to meet Ole Anderson. Like, if you think Vince McMahon is an old curmudgeon. finger in face was like, fuck you to Vince <laughs> and fuck you to Linda. Like, I... So I wonder why he never got a job or a Hall yeah, of Fame induction. I, well, apparently they offered him a job uh, after buying out the Georgia Territory, but he was like, no, fuck yourself. I'm working for you. <laughs> I'm working for you, And then Turner gives, him, Turner gives him a territory uh, time slot, and he, he Turner gives him a time slot, and he comes up with a new territory called Championship Wrestling from Georgia. And it's just fucking, eventually Vince has to sell back. Here comes Flair. Here we go. Here we go. It's horseman time. Flair in purple. <laughs> it's horseman time. Cult of personality. I miss when, like, this sounds pathetic, right? But I miss when wrestlers would wear shit like gold gym gear and fucking... Yeah! It just felt like more like they were real people. Everyone just wears their, like, normal gear. Yeah, so when WWE bought Tap Out and every fucker was in Tap Out gear. Come on, respect him, Booker Man! <laughs> I respect you, Booker Man! I thought he was about to say Savage and Hogan's focaccia there. <laughs> They've got a lovely focaccia. We want to kick it, pal. So, oh, thank you. Uh, so, Brian Pillman. Okay, so here's from the Wrestling Observer. Um, there was genuine panic backstage, according to Dave Meltzer. Yeah. Pillman and Bischoff got into an argument in front of everyone with swear words. And Pillman sarcastically told... Oh, he told didn't say his shitty fucky shit cunts, did he? Apparently he said... Oh, my he God. He said poo and bum. He said, uh, Pelman sarcastically told Bishop. Did he say pissy balls? I don't think he said pissy balls. He definitely said poo and bum. Oh my God. He might have said pissy ball, pissy, pissy and bum willy. Were the two big ones, but you've got to say pissy balls at least before getting that far. Yeah, I thought so. Sorry about your 12 minute strap match, sarcastically said Brian Pillman before leaving the building with Chris Benoit. Sullivan came back after his match with Anderson looking for Pillman, who had already left. Sometime around the time of Pillman's argument with Bischoff in the dressing just, room... Just to cut you off real quick, I'm, I don't know why it happened and I feel ashamed that it happened, but... This looks like three dads in a when pool. You, when you said Chris Benoit, I just went... Let's be dads together. Now we're on to Hogan. Fuck me. Anyway, yeah, they're sorry. fine. Um, around the same time as Pillman's argument with Bischoff, Disco Inferno. Well, how can Glenn get by without his big paycheck? Was the only wrestler to openly question things, suddenly saying something to the effect of, they're working the boys. Oh, well, I thought you were about to say Disco Inferno suddenly packed up his bag and said, <laughs> I want double my rate. Uh, Melzer says, if it was a work, it was the most surprising. elaborate one in recent memory. That is surprising that only one person backstage in that locker room would question it. Mm. But this was a work that got very real. This now, is what I feel is going on a lot with AEW right now. Like the mm. CM Punk news recently, followed by all of the recent posts online and stuff. It's like... It's a good thing, though. We need that to come back. We need realistic works. We need shit where the press are all over it, because that's the whole point. Mm. But, now, to corroborate this, yeah. I have dropped a message to my mate Liam O'Rourke, yeah. who wrote Crazy Like a Fox, the Brian Pillman story. Yes. If he is available whilst we are on the, the watch-along, 
I will see if he'll if he'll have a quick chat with us and confirm or deny. I'm pretty confident that from what I read from Crazy Like a Fox, that was a work designed between Bischoff, Pillman, and Sullivan. To keep it all kind of to, open. Yeah, to keep it all together. Can we just say as well, how oh. fucking great is the giant? Yes! This is why Look I want this him. giant in Raw on Raw in 96. This is... The best he's ever been. They... The thing is, apparently, I remember hearing on a podcast that WWF had the option for him first. But WCW simply got there quicker, I think, in terms of finalizing shit. They got the deal done yeah. much faster than the others did. I'm kind of happy in a way because WCW and Giant are kind of, in my childhood, very tied together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I love, I love... Paul White is the giant. Yes. But it's it's just shit seeing... Because the thing is, like, you can't just have a career that long and it not kind of go side... Not sideways, but not go into territory that's not quite as, you know, seriously kind of, I'm a giant threat. And Big Show eventually becomes the New Year's baby and stuff. And it's it's just, man, like, look at him. It, I just feel that if WWF had him at this point... Yeah. It would have been fine. I would have liked to have seen what the Attitude Era would have been like with him in full swing. Like, fuck me. Paul White having a having a cigarette walking out of the ring. Maybe they'd even. Do you reckon they would try and continue on the the gimmick that he was Andre's son? Oh no, they'd bin that shit off. They'd I don't know. Him, you they'd know, making Paul White the big. I, if they got in there early enough that WCW had maybe only mentioned it once or twice, I think they might have done it. Because there's no benefit to calling him the Paul, uh, Andre the Giant's son in the WWF. Because the reason they did it in the WCW is because that he was feuded with Hogan. Yeah, and it's almost like they needed like a little extra oomph. Yeah. Hey, that's that's the dad. That's the the son of your your greatest rival. I I think I don't know. Like I I think like they would have maybe ran with it just for the sake of he's the biggest thing you've ever seen in your life, other than Andre. And they had all the rights to Andre's footage. They could have done with Omos. They could have done all sorts. They could have done with Omos. They could have done it with Carly. Yeah. They could have done it with Giant Gonzalez. He sowed his oats far and wide, <laughs> did Andre, boss. <laughs> oh, back. here he comes again. Stag and leg are back. They were home for 12 minutes to relax. It was somewhat shortened. Or leg. And there's leg. There's leg, Luca, once again. By the way, so Melsa. It's criminal he never grew that mullet out. He did, didn't he? Steph wants me to get a mullet. Does she? Yeah. Why? I. It's kind of. I. I could. I'm like in two minds. I don't know. I think if I drop a bit more weight, I might get a mullet. We'll see. Do you think they'll make a comeback? They are making a comeback. Oh, big they time. are making a yeah. comeback. Oh. Yeah. Well, in that case, I think it'd be funny as fuck. Yeah, I think in that case, Defo do it. Oh, Lex is off for his five-minute match. <laughs> now, there was speculation here, Yeah, for, according to the Observer, that all of this bullshit here, like the Road Warriors and then Leg going, no, and then Mayor Castain going, come on, we've yeah. got to fight. This is padding because, because everyone's been caught off guard by how short the Pillman-Sullivan yeah. match was. So this is all apparently padding. Well, it makes sense. You know, so that little bit of extra kind of seed on Lex maybe being mm. a bit nefarious and just... Fill the couple of minutes extra we need to fill and make the crowd kind of a bit more in a furore. If this was a real work, then the crowd are going to think exactly what we're thinking here, where, oh, they're padding out. Yes. The crowd are going to think, oh, that this has gone wrong. Oh, they need a couple of seconds. Oh, they've gone a bit too early here. They need to work stuff out. Yeah. And that, in a way, 
lends a lot of credence to the fact that what they've just seen was real. It does. And so makes it feel real. And so I don't believe it wasn't, you lying piece of shit. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, if if you prove it, it, it was real uh, and that it was sort of a work and stuff, um, then yeah, this sort of all this does is adds. And Bischoff is great with stuff like this, though. Bischoff's really good with stuff like this, like picking the moment to kind of accentuate. Mm. Very, very good at it. Mm. And it always kind of comes from off the cuff, like that just happened with a, a peel away, grab the mic. Medusa just comes up at the announce table and drops the belt. Like, you know, They're Scott Hall just jumps the barricade and gets in the ring and grabs a mic and it's all a bit, oh, what the fuck? And I think they were so much better at making things feel real than WWE were. Organic. Even though, you know, WWE had much bigger stars in the way like Mike Tyson, shit like that. And that felt real to a degree. WCW did really well with sort of making things feel a little bit like, oh shit, it just needs that couple of seconds to cool down and I think Triple H is kind of is one of those that is quite happy to let things breathe and let things happen and let a bit of anarchy reign yeah like the the Dexter Loomis stuff on Raw which is kind of like happening on the periphery yeah which I quite like they're not like emphasising it too much what do you think the chances are of Bray at Clash unlikely I just want Bray back I want Bray back gonna be Tegan Knox at Clash I want Bray back Tegan will get a louder pop than Bray. There's a controversial statement. I want Bray. Where would back. you? How would you bring Bray back? I. Where'd you put him? I don't know because I don't know what version of Bray I'd want, or if I'd even want any version of Bray we've seen. That's the thing. Like if if Bray's to come back, I kind of want a whole new side to him we've never seen. But my favorite was always cult leader Bray. I like the idea of him leading a flock. And I hate that they never did a whole thing where he's just taking over. He's just brainwashing people. And that's what I want to see. I want to see Bray build like a family of a stable of just brainwashed stars. That's still want to see it. Do you know why they won't do uh, a Bray return at Clash? Why? Can't do a full blackout at the stadium. You can because it's got a closable roof. So they're going to bring the roof down for the debut. They might have the roof closed for the whole thing, depending on the weather. Oh, I hope the weather's all right. I haven't checked. Should we check the weather for class? Plus, if it's dark and it's toward the end of the night, it'll be dark enough that they can black it out. I stand corrected. As the man said in his orthopedic shoes, I stand corrected. <laughs> right. Let me have a look at the weather for Cardiff uh, for the next week. So here we go. Lex is finally about to get into the ring. Cloudy with a touch of sun. Highs of 23 degrees across Cardiff. So for Friday, stadium roof should be open, but it, once it gets dark open. enough, you can black it out for Bray. Pissing it down today. There's no Undertaker anymore. There's no. no characters to that level anymore. No. It's time for Bray to assume the mantle. I think it's time for Bray to become the spoopy guy. Be the spoopy boy. Yeah, and I I want it. I want it real bad. I've foolishly checked the weather for the Maldives, and it is pissing it down until. For the next 10 days. Because it's, it's the wet season. <laughs> We're optimistic. Finally, the match starts. We're optimistic that we might just beat it. But, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> we do LA in November, and it's like, oh, it's it's quite cold on an evening. It's like, it's going to be roasted regardless. Yeah. Like, define quite cold. Define cold. You're Californian. Mm. Like, <laughs> cold is like 29 degrees. Okay, great. <laughs> like Australia, where they go, hey, like when we had the heat wave in the UK, 
and Australia went, oh, it's all right for you. It's the Someone tweeted me from Australia saying, it's the cold season here. And I said, it's probably exactly the same temperature. Yeah. Look at, <laughs> your cold look season at, is look our at the warm fact that, season. Exactly. But also, it means your Christmas this year is going to be like 70 degrees Celsius. You're so die. you've got a blinding Christmas. Yeah. You know, you Quite don't literally. need a Barbie. You just hold the shrimp out on a stick and it's done. <laughs> Kylie Minogue is just going around on a float with a big old like sunglasses layer over the top. Nice. Singing Christmas songs. That's what she does. That's what happens in Australia at Christmas. I'm assuming so. Mm. Well, Danny Minogue does the lesser cities. It's a shame because like, <laughs> I love the idea. Let's just send Danny to like... I don't see Kylie Minogue in Perth. You know, oh. I see Danny Minogue in Perth. Kylie's definitely Sydney. If you're in Perth, I'm sorry. Are there any Danny. other Minogue sisters? Just those two, innit? We're going to have to clone them then. Helen Minogue. How about we give Kylie to uh, Sydney, Kylie's clone to Melbourne. Uh, and yeah, Danny can go Victoria. Danny yeah. can go, yeah. Danny can do all kind of the B towns. I like how no other celebrities are punched through in, in 40 years. And in then Australia, if we combine them, we can De make Kylie Minogue. Diney. And then Diney <laughs> Minogue can play with um, Jason. What do you call him? And then Canny Minogue can Is play it? Newcastle. Jason, what do you call him? Did the, the, the Donovan. Jason Donovan, yeah. Donovan. So Jason Donovan and, and Diney Minogue can do the Outback just on a big float. <laughs> or maybe a drone. We'll fly him over <laughs> on a platform on a drone. And they'll fly around the entire Outback. Should we not send Delta near, Goodrum? Near, near Uluru. Like, obviously not over it. Uh, they, won't, they won't climb it or go over it. They'll, they'll, they'll kind of go around the... the, the region of it just singing belters can we not send delta goodrum it's a name i recognize but She's i an couldn't... australian lady it was in neighbors for a bit can we send carl and jackie out maybe we can Kiss? send her but we have to send hugh jackman there's got to be kind of and then of, of course we need um oh what's he called oh my god carl sanderlands no no he's got the best name ever Slim Dusty, Slim Dusty has to close out <laughs> proceedings in Sydney. Slim Dusty. Have you ever seen the closing to the uh, 2000 Sydney Olympics? I haven't. It no. end, it's genuinely one of the glori most glorious things ever. And it's Slim Dusty. Uh, I believe it's Slim Dusty singing Waltz and Matilda, but slowly as the song goes on, because Waltz and Matilda is one of the best national songs ever. Mm -hmm. Just bearing in mind that this is Australia's national song, and it's about... Stealing a sheep from somebody's land after... Well, it's about like a long day's graft as a bushman. And then you get to a point where you sit down. And then you've got to go to fire going. You're enjoying your little time down there. You buy a billabong. You're under a tree. You've got a nice bit of shade going. You might steal a little bit of a jump book. And then somebody kind of comes up and is like, I'm going to tell the police on you. And then the rangers pop up and kill you. Because you, you jump, or you jump into... The yeah, policeman, you, isn't it, going... Right, off you go to prison. Well, no, the 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 Watson Matildas apparently to do with the backpack of Bushmen. They'd call that Matilda because it would go everywhere with them. So he's talking to his backpack. Ah, oh. because that goes everywhere with him. But it eventually ends with him getting killed, or he he jumps into the billabong and drown or something. But they've got a metal as fuck national song. Roger Stewart Slim did Slim Dusty. Version. Slim Dusty closes out to get back to the original point. Oh, yeah. I believe it's Slim Dusty closes out the 2000 Olympics and then slowly but surely like Kylie pops up and then Hugh Jackman and then oh. like, every single Australian celebrity they could possibly muster. All the classics. Just comes out and you end up with this huge Waltz and Matilda moment. And as somebody who, I mean, I stayed up to watch and revel in the fact that we fucking destroyed yeah, by a couple of points. Fucking destroyed Australia in the 2003 World <laughs> Cup final. <laughs> at rugby, the most important sport. Uh, but that Olympics closing ceremony is the greatest. It is the GOAT. It is the fucking GOAT. Wow. 
That is the one you. Oh, I'm very intrigued now. But yeah, I think very we need we need now. several different Minogue clones mm. throughout all of Australia. I like that. Yeah, <laughs> the radio scene in Australia is so good that should an offer ever an opportunity ever come up. I would quite happily... Move. I want a ute. Like, I, Steph's got no interest in living in Australia. I'm not really somebody... I don't think I could live in Oz. It's very hot. I'd love to go. I want to see the 12 Apostles. I want to see Uluru. I want to see so much of Australia. But uh, I... Yeah, I, I fucking... I don't know what it is. There's just sort of a certain level of freedom, it seems, in Australia that's just... Mm. I don't know. Like, but the, the still fact a bit uncharted. Motherfuckers, I want a ute so bad. Like, yeah. Do you know what a ute is? Yeah, it's, it's almost uh... like a car pickup truck. Mm. He, somebody in Heaton used to own one, and I used to walk past it every morning, and I was like, this is the coolest fucking ute. thing I've ever seen in my life. It is so shit. I need it. <laughs> I need it. It's like a Ute and a Skyline and a, a an Audi Quattro to full rally spec. Those are the only cars I ever want to own. Maybe a Transporter. Nice. But I want a Ute just a for day to day kind of. Throw it in the back. Chuck it in the back of the yeah. bloody Ute. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I like that. Yeah. No, the, I'm, I'm, for that and many other reasons, I'm intrigued by Australia. Very intrigued. I, the radio, I can... there, radio there is still, not that it's bad here, but it's really good there. Yeah, I I think that Carl it's, and it's a very it's a very remote um it's a very remote country. Like I think people it's all very sparse. It's it's very fucking big. Like Australia is huge, and and ninety percent of it is like unlivable. So like people just kind of live around the edges, and there's just this big mass of nothingness in the middle uh, that you can't you can live in it. But I mean, if you want to live there, you need to be ready to live there because that is going to be quite the undertaking yeah it's and, a... and i think that in situations like that radio is very important and i think it holds a, a larger place in society <laughs> simply because <laughs> it's radio is more readily available internet you know for things like emergency <laughs> alerts and maybe even more readily available than tv i do like how we make it sound like they don't have any contact with no, the no, outside they, they, world. They, they, of course they fucking do. But it, it's like when you're in the middle of the outback, fuck me. Like you can just wander into that fucker and never be seen again. To live there, that's got to be some undertaking. Everything kills that's you. That's got to be some. Yeah, but everything kills you on acid, on meth, five times over if you live in the oh, middle. We had a spider it's bad in enough the on the edge. Spiders about this. It's bad bed. enough on the edge, but in the middle, that's like you're literally living on like the surface of fucking <laughs> Venus minus the sulfuric acid rain. That is it. You just you may as well be on the other end of the fucking universe. You got a ham radio in your kitchen in case you fall over and die. Like that's it. Like I couldn't imagine being like living like that, man. It must be awesome. Uh, let me let me do a little quick uh, check. I'd like to thank. This has just been atomic drop and fucking. It's just been so paint by numbers so far. <laughs> What's going? Where are the I'd road like, warriors gone? I'd like to thank the 450 people from Australia that downloaded the last Cultaholic Classic yeah. Nitro review. Yeah, I bet you've got something to say about what we've just said. Yeah, let us please, have it. Please pop in and say hi. ACDC rules and spider bait. Not just AC <laughs> spider bait. Fucking rule too. Spider bait. Spider bait. Spider Betty are awesome. Spider they are awesome. They're most well known over here for their Black Betty cover, but they're they're just Bambalam. Just just they're great. They're great. What else did they do? I've heard uh, the name. They did uh is it they did I like footy. What's the one? Um shit, I'm gonna have to get them on the Spotify. Pull them up on the Spotify. Whilst I do a little bit of number crunching. Don't you wanna for... be a personality? 
I'd like to thank the cumulative uh, 950,567 people that have downloaded Cultaholic Podcast in Australia. Thank you very much. Legends. Yeah. We're, we're, the UK wins at 6 million, and the US is just behind it at 5 million. Insane. Thank you Absolutely very much. Absolutely insane. That's, in, that's, in the, that's since 2019. So thank you. Spider bait. Appreciate it. Hold on. Buy Me a Pony. That's it. Buy Me a Pony is like one of the, my favorite songs. It, it's yeah. Just just listen to Spider Bait after we're done. They're great band, and they got Parkway Drive. Oh, uh, Brody Dahl is Australian, even though she's most well known for Distillers and you know everything that came after. But oh, Australia is a cool place. If you're in Melbourne, give some love to uh, Christian O'Connell on Gold 104.9, uh, who moved from the UK from leave, he left Absolute Radio yeah. to go and to go and give it a go in Australia. And he took gold from like number five in Melbourne to number one. Fuck. In about two, two and a half years. I'd love to, you know, I, I love uh, those crazy Australian guys who just throw shit off high buildings as well. Have you seen them when you've been scrolling through Facebook or whatever? Uh, oh, where yeah. they'll just throw like, you know, a bowling ball off a hundred foot drop just to see what it does to like a stack of paper. Love that. Just... I'm just going to throw this off here and see what happens. And see what happens. I'm going to throw a giant dart and see if we can do this. <laughs> and that's it. Um, I've, I've got a message back from my mate Liam O'Rourke. Okay. Um, Was it at work? I'm going to find out. Was it at work? For a quick... Sting getting in the corner with a big old splash. It. Animals mullet, man. Look at it. Scorpion Deathlock. And Hawk takes him straight out. Sting watched Hawk get in the ring there and did nothing. I'm Was it a work? I'm going to find... No, well, I'm, gonna, I'm asking if he's free for a quick uh, uh, call on Facebook. Well, I need to have a quick wee, so... Well, uh, do you want to go for a wee now? Yes. Because then when you come back, I will I'll be back I'll in just see a jiffy. if he's available. Keep thank you. The joy of the watch along. In, like, genuinely, at no point did I think I should probably drop my mate Liam a phone call. Uh, and we're just deciding on the fly to do that. He might now. He's typing now. He might say no. And if he says no, that's super cool because he's a busy guy. And he's got loads of other stuff going on. And he might not want to have a chat with two guys who've had a couple of beers. So no disrespect to, to Liam at all. But do check out Crazy Like a Fox, the Brian Pillman story. Liam O'Rourke has written the book and it is phenomenal. It's an amazing book. And it goes so deep into the world of, of Brian Pillman. Uh, the uh, uh, unlike any other book, unlike any other book that's out there, I cannot recommend it enough. Um, if and he's just messaged me back, if that's cool, I can call. Do I have his phone number? That's the question. As this match continues to go on, uh, let me have a look. Right, uh, let me see if I've got his. No yes, I have got his number. Um, I can call you on Facebook. <laughs> I don't think you'll get any other podcast that will be both as open and as behind the wires as this one. You know? That that will arrange a call like this during it. So, uh, hey, look, it's what we do. Thank you very much for watching this far along. If you want to actually watch it and see it go down, uh, you can do so. Patreon.com a forward slash cultaholic. 
Uh, and you can watch not just the classic Nitro review, but you can watch the classic Raw and SmackDown reviews as well. And uh, I mean, it's just, it's, it's in this wonderful podcast studio with Soundriver and myself having a couple of beers as we go along. And it'd be, it'd be lovely if you did. Patreon.com forward slash Occultaholic. Uh, this has been quite an underwhelming uh, match so far. Um, getting final confirmation, but he should be good for a chat. Uh, just a quick hello uh, as, we <laughs> as we have paid uh, as much attention as this match deserves. But yeah, but do if you're in Melbourne, do check out Christian O'Connell. Like he again to go from one of the like a fourth or fifth, I think he was fifth uh, station in the in the ratings to number one, and being a pom over yeah. there as well. Big deal. Yeah, what a Big guy. Deal. What a guy. Um, let me know if you're free now. And he's typing now. Let's see what he does. Um, this match doesn't deserve any of our time because it's been pretty, uh, pretty yeah, ropey. Quick throw to the outside. That's classic cool. Legion of Doom. We'll call you now. So as I said before, while Sam was away, um, we're going to get Liam O'Rourke on, who is the writer of the book Crazy Like a Fox, the Brian Pillman story. Which is a pretty good get for us, considering all we do is talk about toys. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we use our connections. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. match thrown out. Has it been thrown out? Well, it's ringing. Right. I'll turn the volume down on, the, on our end. Right. Hello. Bonjour, sir. How are you doing? <laughs> it's on Campbell's. Since you once heard your lovely voice. It has been <laughs> about a thousand years since I heard your dulcet tones. How are you, sir? <laughs> Oh, man, things aren't too bad. You watching Super Bowl, eh? Uh, we are indeed. Well, first of all, I'd like to point out that the, me and Liam, we go back a long way. I'm with Sam Driver from Cultaholic.com. Hello. Oh, and, uh, lovely. <laughs> uh, and um, we, me and Liam go back so far that in my phone, uh, you're not saved as Liam O'Rourke. Uh, <laughs> can you guess what you're saved as? Is it an alter ego of mine by any chance? It might be your pro wrestling alter ego. <laughs> yes, yes. Not my nom de plume, but my, uh, my, my nom de ring, yes. My, your nom de ring. And I haven't got the heart That's to change one. it. I just like, oh. I, as far as I'm concerned, like, obviously you, you, you've gone above and beyond what we were doing back in 09. But like, I haven't got the heart to change it. So I'm like, that's, that's just a nice little bit of our history. I'm forever future to a lot of people. So. You will forever be JB Future to me. Anyway, you scampy little moron. So, um, so we, so the reason I'm calling, and I bless you for putting up with me because I've messaged you about this a few times. Uh, as you're the man behind Crazy Like a Fox, the Brian Pillman story, uh, and, our, yes. and and I've said this when you're not here, so it doesn't count as me just being like a, a, a sucky ass. Uh, it's genuinely one of the best wrestling books that, that ever been written. Like, oh, thank you. Oh, <laughs> hey, thank you. Um, we have just watched, we're watching Super Bowl 96, so we do like a live watch along of, of the wrestling shows. So we've just watched Pillman and Sullivan, I Respect You, Booker Man, uh, the rollout of the ring. Arn's glorious, like uh, maroon trunks, the, the whole works. <laughs> we love Arn's glorious maroon trunks yeah, as well. Yeah, if Arn should have been in, 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 in cargo shorts for the entire time. Like, I don't get why it's taken this long. It's a good shout. 
it's the it's, it's the it's the it's the fact that it is like the most data of picnic shorts with the best oh yeah the it's socks as well glorious <laughs> oh it's great now now uh now shagger dave in the observer uh he he goes he says obviously the backstage was a bit chaotic bischoff is chewing out pillman Disco Inferno, apparently the voice of reason going, it's a work, lads. In an entire locker room full of workers goes, is this a work? Why that, is it, yeah, why is it Inferno that, 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 that picks <laughs> this apart? Um, you've, you've researched this. This is part of your life's work, sir. So what's the story here? All right, so what do you want to know? Where it all starts or where it all ends? Where, now, now, this particular... Okay, so the, the, we've gone backstage. Perlman and Bischoff are having a to-do. Right, is this a work or is this a shoot? Oh, it's a work. It's a work. Oh. It's a work. Bischoff and Perlman arguing was a work. This was, this was planned. It was orchestrated. It happened exactly as it was supposed to. There it but is. The, 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 but the, the, the part of the illusion and part of the whole charm of this whole thing is to concoct the plan. I mean, they, this goes back I mean, earlier in the week. They had done the thing, I think, the week before on Nitro where they'd had the little scuffle in the ring with a, in a tag match with Arn Anderson and Hugh Morris and there had, had been an argument then and then there was an argument the following day at the Universal Studios tapings that they had done because they, they, they used to tape at Disney MGM for Worldwide um, but Disney was unavailable they were taping at Universal and as part of that there was a meeting that was supposed to be an all roster meeting that Brian Pillman walked in late to oh. and uh, when and, and when, when Bischoff started talking about, you know, these are the rules, Pillman pipes up with the line, does that go for the Booker Man too? Which, late, you know, one week later, well, several days later at the pay-per-view, is, is the, the, the words he uses, I respect you, Booker Man. So it was one of those, like, lovely, carefully orchestrated things uh, that was kind of like, this is what we're going to do, this is where we're going. You know, Sullivan had done the promo on, then on Saturday night, the night before this, where he'd held up the pencil. Um, on television and broken it in half and said, now I've got that out the way. You know, very much an allusion to the, you know, six people watching that knew what the pencil was a reference to. Back then. <laughs> um, but, I mean, it, it, it was all, it was plain to a very, very small audience and the whole idea of this, obviously, yeah, some complete orchestration. It was it was actually written and, uh, and scheduled for 12 minutes, the whole segment. That was what the production crew had. So when Pillman went out there and it was done in 90 seconds, that was one of those things where that's perfect because everybody knows what this is supposed to be and it's not going to be that. But it was all, it was all designed around getting talking, making Pillman the rebel. So nice. All of it carefully, meticulously orchestrated right down to Pillman and Benoit doing a runner for the night and stepping away. Um, Absolutely. I'm not sure if Benoit knew that, like, what was going on, but Pillman was, you know, he, he played the hill. He'd stolen earlier in the day, he'd stolen the strap, which is why he comes running out to the ring with it. Um, and that was one of the things that they were like, again, part of the, the orchestration was Kevin Sullivan freaking out backstage before the show starts, yeah, before the match goes in the ring. Where's the strap? No one's got the strap. Well, Pillman's got the strap. Pillman had stolen it and, like, gone for, like, his trailer or gone, you know, gone out of Dodge. So no one could see him, and then Joseph holding the strap, running to the ring with it, um, and there you go. Interestingly, though, we watched this just now, and, and I've never spotted this before because I never watched it in this intricate detail. I feel like that Sullivan may have given the game away a little bit that this was this was a work, brother, brother, because as soon as Pillman's gone, he's still instructing the ref to remove the security tape from the strap. 
And like, if you think this, and if you think this is all, this match has gone out of the out of proportion and gone, why would you still be getting the rest? Part to of that though, take that apart. That's that's production truck though, because production truck are the ones that chose to cut back to the camera to see Kevin Sullivan get that unwrapped. So I think it was very much maybe a mistake on that side mm. to show that much. But at the same time, at this point. At this time, watching this live, you're going to be a bit more concerned with Pillman than what's going on in the ring. And also, too, I mean, this is this is the difference between doing something that only three people know what's going on, Bischoff, Sullivan, Pillman. And, you know, what we're used to now with modern eyes, of like every, especially with WWE, where everything is so perfectly blocked and sharp, and it's almost, it's almost too, um, you know, point to point to point to point too to point perfect. movie. Whereas... Now it's like, hey, these things are running separately. No one really knows what's going on. There's nothing else to film but Kevin Sullivan in the ring. I guess Pillman's flipping off the fans, but they're going to cut away from that because that wasn't something that was frequently done during that period of time either. But this is the Dungeon of Doom period of of WCW. So, um, yeah, I mean, probably so. I mean, you can probably just think that, like, Sullivan's just thinking, well, we're going to have to fill the time somehow, and he's the booker, and he's in the ring, so he's probably coming up with... I mean, he came up with a get-on, you know, for Jimmy Hart, so, um, yeah. Do you think... Do you think this is where... This is what we're seeing kind of right now with AEW and CM Punk and the ongoing thing, where it's kind of like... It feels very, very shooty until a little bit after the fact and everybody's kind of capitalizing on it. So it's sort of using wrestling press uh, well in that respect. Do you think that's what's happening? This, you've opened up a can of worms. This has been happening all year long. Yeah. This is, it's one of the big stories of the year that only a few people know about, I think, is just how much the wrestling media has been manipulated this yeah. year into... Uh, saying things you know, remember Cody, you know, Cody Rhodes was supposed to debut at Jacksonville to get the ticket sales up and that didn't happen then it was going to be NSG and then that didn't happen but the ticket sales you know yeah. uh, oh, is something going to happen here it didn't happen Cody debuted at WrestleMania's mystery opponent which was the, the, the I remember the day that Cody left that was exactly what I was told was going to happen yeah. and that's what ended up happening um, but there were all these there's all these red herrings MJF that whole story that's yeah. total manipulation too yep. the things that did the things that haven't haven't gotten out this year to the wrestling media that in the end as it turns out is convenient and that's the thing where now this, this whole hangman punk situation I'm inclined to think that there is uh, everybody's going so hard on the fact that this is real and it may well be but the distrust is there because I've seen throughout the year this year and it's not paranoia it's like this 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 is the new yeah at the time this wasn't the case but now it's kind of like the new world of media is whatever you feed them is whatever they'll run with well that's it get them off get them off your back by getting them to talk about your product exactly and, and it's and it's you know it's in the way of the world for the last you know maybe you know, half a decade decade you oh. know, with everything that's gone on socially in the world with politics and things like that it's like the the, the people know what they are shown and that's the wonderful thing. It's actually, I'm surprised it's taken this long for this to happen with the media because it's the, the fan base now, the wrestling fan base is constricted to such a degree where there are so many fans who can access information on Twitter or the internet or whatever. And now it's just a matter of what you know, everybody has an assumption of knowledge. They have this, like this kind of like um, this, this floor, I suppose, of what they, what the knowledge, the, the community, the community knowledge, that's probably the best uh, way to describe it. 
hey, this is the big story this week. It's this going on. This is what's happening. When really, if that's all they're getting and that's what they're being fed, and that's what they're going to think is the zeitgeist of the time. And the funny thing with, with this whole story with Super Bowl is this is like the genesis of this. This is the... I mean, wrestling inherently is about controlling the audience and trying to manipulate the audience, but this was manipulating the smallest amount of the audience, <laughs> which just so happened to be the prolific wrestling media because as as kim wood said very eloquently on the uh, on the dark side of the ring of brian pillman you know, wrestling runs on very superficial things and one of the things it runs off is attention and insider talk and if you can manipulate that then all of a sudden there's, there's a perception of value and that's what this whole pillman game was all about this was a, a huge play for pillman he was in ecw within a week we're all being worked brother <laughs> we're all being worked brother Oh. I don't know that the punk hangman thing is a work 100%. Don't get me wrong. The NJF thing, I feel, is, is completely. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you can see the embers of it. And, and that's the thing now. It's like, it's hard. Again, it's hard for... Cause it's punk, too. Like, you know, punk's, punk, you know, punk's biggest uh, you know, popularity was when he did the Brian Pillman shoot-style pro shoot promo, you know? Um, so, yeah, no, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing. And I, I, I love, especially looking at Super Bowl, because you're seeing it now, like how completely juxtaposed this is to the world of, like, you know, Giant and Hogan in the cage with Giant Haystacks coming, you know, doing a run-in um, to, to build something up for Haystacks and Hogan was the idea. It's like, on one hand, you got Brian Pillman doing this extremely cutting-edge, bizarre uh, situation. And on the other side, Giant Haystacks is going to find a monster. <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. I I said to Sam before we watched this, there's a debut at the end that you're gonna want to hang around for, and and lo and behold, it is. And Sam is delighted with this news. Lockness, <laughs> fucking giant. I'm going to get you, Hawk Hogan. Like I can't fucking wait. Um, <laughs> Crazy Like a Fox, the Brian Pillman story is available from everywhere now. Uh, mate, thank you for, for letting us badger you this afternoon. I really appreciate it. Nah, it's never a chance. We will find you an fun excuse to get you back on. Love you, bye, brother. <laughs> Love you, take care. Thank bye. you. Love you, dude. Cheers, bye, lovely talking to you. Bye, 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 bye. Give away the surprise. What a guy! Give away the what surprise. A guy. He's in the no. best way. In the best. Loch Ness! Oh, how could I forget? How? Like, how the fuck do you talk to a Lancashireman? He was a Lancashireman, right? He was a Lancashireman, wasn't he? Yeah. How the fuck do you talk to a Lancashireman and go, Loch Ness? <laughs> Like, I know the American ear isn't as in tune to British accents because ours isn't with America, unless it's like the Valley accent. It's kind of like every American's like, yeah, America, awesome. Like, it, it doesn't matter. We can't really detect, unless it's Texas or somewhere really, really big uh, that's kind of famous for having a funny accent. We can't really detect it. But fuck me, Lancashire and Scotland is really, really quite some ways apart. <laughs> Just, just not well, even no, like. Well, do you know what? Do you know what? We say that because we live in Newcastle, right? But here's the thing, right? How many people, even in, in, in on our green and pleasant land, kind of class the north? We mean God's, as, God's England, yes. God's England, <laughs> class as the north. Well, the yeah, north. They're, they're fucking wrong. So, and to many people in South, I've the been, bit in the middle, everybody's like, that's the north. In, in, in the where middle. I'm from, near where I'm from. The North is classed like Chesterfield upwards. Look, and that's bullshit. The, I live the, the way the, the South sees the North as anything that's not London. 
There you uh, go. And so or, therefore, and or, this isn't that far. And or Kent. Therefore, it's just within grabbing distance because it's all just up north. Mm. But th- there are many, many, many... I mean, fuck, you can go two towns over in some parts of Northumberland and not understand a single word people are saying. So it, it's, it's you know... the But the thing is, the Scottish accent is very well loved. Um, it's a fantastic accent. It is a lovely accent. Uh, but Scotland and Lancashire couldn't be further apart. They just couldn't. You're talking about British Bulldogs accent versus Shrek. There is a difference. That's a great shout. There is a difference. That's a great shout. So, by the way, <laughs> or just to be fair, Dynamite Kids accent versus Fraser. There is a difference. There you go. Versus Loch Ness. But a big thank you to Liam O'Rourke. Last minute. Phenomenal. Popping on for a little chat on the Cold Classic it's Night been on my, It's been on my purchase list on Amazon for the longest. I have like I, the once, did it. once every couple of months when I'm finished the last one. Mm. I kind of the next Amazon order I put in comes with a wrestling book. But it's been on my list for the longest time. I can say, and I'm always proud of this, that I got a low blow from the man who wrote the Brian Pillman book in a wrestling ring. Delicious. Yeah. It's on YouTube. You can find it. It's there. Um, yeah, I think I'm you should be proud most of proud of the Biggin and Wigan. There's that in the Biggin and Wigan. Like, I mean, the Biggin and Wigan is the, that's the greatest wrestling match of all time. It's incredible. It's incredible. It's a piece, it's, it's a piece of history. Yeah. I'm very proud of it. So anyway, we've got Ric Flair yeah. and Randy so Savage in the cage. Rock. <laughs> Buy Crazy Like a Fox, please. It's, a, it's it. a fucking phenomenal book. Um, I think I bought out three copies. <laughs> One was gifted to somebody who was a fan. Um, so there you go. Work, shoot. Work, it's work, 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 work. Flair and Savage, WCW title. Liz did a promo before this. And just as we were on the phone there before, I couldn't say anything, but the, the ring descending was the wonkiest ring descension I've ever seen. <laughs> it was like it was like twisted because it was coming down. It was like kind of, it's a cage. <laughs> Liam has said any time in terms of when we, thank you. I said, thank you very much. For Honestly. Time. He went any time. So therefore, we have to ring him every week now. Any other instance in which we've got Pillman? Maybe when we get toward the end of Pillman's WWF run, we should get him in on Classic. Oh, my God. That'd be a dream. Yeah. I need to piss now. So can you right, cover? Well, you, well, I'll, I'll cover. I'll actually do some match coverage. He's Randy covering Flair. <laughs> Flair getting up. Randy letting him. Randy getting away with him. And then Randy going for... Oh, no, Flair going for... Uh, Randy's got... Randy's in the corner with Flair. All right, referee is locking up the cage. We are golden. Any second. Mm. <laughs> sorry. I <laughs> was fucking grim. I am so sorry. All right, referee's got the cage door locked. Flair has got Savage in the corner, laying in them their chops. I did love that Randy came out with the Slim Jim, though, and didn't snap it, didn't open it, just gave it to a fan. That was very respectful. I feel that, you know, if you are going to be the spokesperson for the company, you wouldn't want a spokesperson for Snickers taking a bite out of that Snickers before giving it to you. Randy is a consummate pro. Flair didn't have any sort of food deals. Just saying. Just saying. That means Randy's better than than Flair. Probably forever. Although, what would Flair sell? Mashed potatoes? Hi, I'm Ric Flair. Like, I, what kind of food? I don't even imagine Ric Flair eating. He just sort of feeds off the energy of wrestling crowds. The mullet game has been really strong all night so far as well. Referee here. Is that Randy Anderson? All right, Flair's just taking him down. Stomping a hole in him. And woman on the outside looking agreeably satisfied with that. 
What's he going to do to capitalize on the time? Nothing. Randy locks him up. Uh, and then Randy rolls him up, despite the fact the referee's down and has been down. What's the point, Randy? All right, ref's back up. Where's Timothy? Let's talk about Connects. Anybody else have Connects? Connects was awesome. What about Akuji the Heartless? Did anybody else have Akuji the Heartless for the PS1? What a phenomenal game. Not as good as Tombi. Tombi was the boy. Klonoa, pretty good. Abe's Odyssey and Abe's Exodus, phenomenal though. I'm just a bit lost without Tom. I couldn't do this podcast without him. I have no idea of how conversations work or anything. So none of you bastards tell him, but I love him to death. I love him a bits. Oh, he's coming back. What a twat. What a piece of shit. Oh my God. What a, what a, what a prick. Oh God, Tom. Pff, pff, no, I'd never say that he was awesome. How's the commentary going? Nothing. Nothing. No, it's fine. What's <laughs> so Nothing. Nothing uh, so there was a woman. Flair took down. Is it Randy Anderson? Uh, but oh, Flair took no. down. Is it Randy? I can't tell. That's Randy Anderson. Yeah, I was going to say. So Flair took Anderson down. Uh, and then Randy went to roll Flair up, despite the fact he had to step over the referee to get to the roll up, which oh, was interesting. Uh, but other than that, no, it's, it's been it's been all right. It's just back and forth, kind of standard opening cage match fair. Ah, oh. see, these two have got such magic in their locker. Like WrestleMania, <laughs> you think Randy Savage and Ric Flair might have just a little bit of magic in their lockers? Just a little bit. You wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. But Randy Savage and Ric Flair are pretty good at wrestling. They're quite good, but in terms of like them two together, <laughs> yeah, amalgamated. Yeah, they, they got a they got a good kind of. She was mine before she was yours. Randy yeah. Bob Andy, chin chin. Randy Bob Andy. Hmm. She was mine before she was yours. See, I a shit NATO is coming, Randers. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Trailer Park Boys. Bad man. fucking time. I've not watched Trailer Park Boys. Tom, you would love it. Do you reckon? It, it's sort of me and you have a very similar sense of like random humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and just Ricky, like, because the, the whole concept of Trailer Park Boys is it's weed, but like, it's not one of those kind of dude weed LMAO sort of shows. It's more like the only thing the character that well the only thing ricky one of the main characters is good at is growing weed he's a complete moron in every other respect of his life mm-hmm. doesn't understand even the basic human concepts of existence but he's good at growing weed yeah sure. uh and he has a friend called julian who's a very good criminal businessman so he's very good at enterprising on crime and they've got a friend called Bubbles, who's just a best friend of theirs. Who he's they the kind guy of with get, the big glasses. Yeah, who gets roped into stuff. But also, you know, we'll help them. We'll take a fall for them. We'll try and capitalize on their plans. Um, but the kind of level of random humor, like the fact Ricky can't get a single turn of phrase correct, and it's always different how it is in real life. <laughs> like, you would love it. But uh, if, if our staff party was to ever end up in Amsterdam... It would, yeah, it would essentially devolve into a full episode of Trailer nice. Park Boys. I've never done a weed. Uh, Contrary to what many think about me, I've never done a drug. Well, yeah, yeah. I don't know whether it would make me worse or better. <laughs> I feel I, like I'd go the opposite way. <laughs> I think I think I'd devolve my humor. <laughs> I don't know. I think it would it would maybe ramp you up a little bit. I don't think I need any more ramping up. I think this is why I'd be curious. Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. I don't need any more ramping up. Hello. This is the voice of the Cultaholic podcast feed. This is where we encountered a technical error with the recording of this watch along. 
However as this is a watch-along presentation by the lads we cannot simply cut it and carry on, as it won't be consistent with where you are watching this with us. Do you get me, like? So here is some lovely music whilst we figure this shit out. We'll be back to you in no time at all. Maybe take this opportunity to visit the gift shop or call the Cultaholic hotline for some juicy gossip on Adam Pachi D. It is seriously juicy I'll tell you that for free. Anyway, I think Sam has plugged the cable back in so let's return to the bullshine that is Super Brawl 6. When it comes to smoking, yeah, like, I'm, I've never smoked. I've, I've tr and now I've tried it a few times. Yeah, like for example, like when Alex's um, Alex's brother came up to stay with us through the weekend, yeah. and he does like e-cigarettes and stuff like that. Yeah, and there's always a, whenever he's up, there's a little running joke where I go, mm. I, every time I do it, I don't get on with him. I go, can I just try and see how that goes? Yeah. So like he gave me he gave me his e-cigarette and I went for it. And <laughs> Flair I, just clinging on, hanging <laughs> on in there, kicking his hand, get off it. Alex watched me do it, and I was like, why are you doing that? And she's she, I mean, like, it doesn't suit you. I said, I did it, and I just went, I, and I did it, and I inhaled it, and I went, I just don't get it's, it. It's an I unnecessary, just don't get it's it. an unnecessary cost. Stay the fuck away mm. from it. Oh, no, no. And I have no, because the thing is, every like, time I've tried it, I've gone, I'm really sorry. I just don't get this. I, <laughs> I just don't get it. I Yeah, I, and I've I tried. Don't, I don't know. Like, the, the whole thing is, I, I think that vaping should be used as a means of getting the fuck off treated tobacco coming treated, away treated tobacco is the problem with cigarettes is that you know it's so chemically treated to keep it in date mm. that's the shit that gives you cancer the, mm. the all the shit they spray that down like so you know it, it's uh th there's a lot going on there that can that can really make you ill so just just yeah stay out of it man don't you'll do, have a much better do time smokes. don't do smokes eat chipsticks bad for you eat chipsticks <laughs> they're bad for you but only on a cholesterol level mm. and you can eat benacol or whatever <laughs> Benacol's a thing. Yeah. Eat Benacol. That'll help. No. Randy's knees there. Oh, close my I've, God. Close I've come to a drug. <laughs> Alex and I sometimes will have a bit of night nurse on an evening. Night nurse is the real shit, though. Mm. I remember when I got COVID, I drank half a bottle of night nurse before bed. and I slept for about 15, 16 hours. Woke up feeling like Jesus. It was incredible. It was like, ba-boom! <laughs> I am not feeling ill at all. I'm going to play as many <laughs> games as I can. And then you wake up, you've got about 40 minutes of energy. You get yourself washed. You get your breakfast made. You sit down in front of the screen. And then you kind of start playing the game. And then everything gets a bit watery. And then you kind of curl up in a ball. <laughs> and then you kind of take a fistful of ibuprofen and flu meds. And then you kind of lie there for a bit. And then that was when I was like, oh, I'm going to I'm going to finally play Death Stranded. Forgot where I'd got up to. Couldn't be asked to play two more hours to go back and replay through what I'd already played. And was like, I'll just learn Blender instead. <laughs> <laughs> but that's um, but that that's that's a very real example of how the the night nurse thing goes. Oh, yeah. I, I'd strongly suggest you watch Trailer Park Boys. That's to anybody who's watching this, because it, it, while it, it does seem like a bit of a dude weed LMAO show, the whole concept isn't so much weed. It, it's not like a stoner comedy, I'd argue. It is in terms of its style of humor, but I think it's more just the lengths you'd go to for your friends. 
mm. is what makes it's almost like Canada's Father Ted to a degree, and the fact it's all mockumentary, uh, it's shot so well. It, it's so good. It's mm. one of the greatest things I've ever seen. But I think you'd you'd very much enjoy Trailer Park Boys. You gotta watch it. Do they drink Night Nurse in it? <laughs> no, but they may as well. Ricky lives in a car. Okay. Uh, so. <laughs> Look, nobody wants to admit they ate nine cans of ravioli. He eats nine <laughs> cans of ravioli and burns down his dad's uh, caravan. I like it. Shit already. like that. Like, it's just, you know, like, who uh, he lets one of his other friends feel like he's burnt down his dad's caravan and ruined his dad's life and everything. And it's like, well, nobody wants to admit they, uh, admit they ate nine cans of ravioli. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> or like they they they've been growing weed in a field for six seven months and and all of a sudden there's a mountain lion has gotten into it and they've got a, <laughs> they've now got a mountain lion they've got to deal with and they're just a bunch of like low level Canadian criminals like it, it's phenomenal. Oh man, no, I'm 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 intrigued. We've got House of the Dragons to watch tonight. I how many episodes are we into it so far? One. It's there's only one out. Only one out. I I've never done weekly for Game of Thrones because I got to Game of Thrones late, so I'll save it. Um, to yeah. be honest, I'm kind of just sick as fuck of everything going on right now. Oh. I want something new. <laughs> it's dark. I well, I I, I kind of I, I I love Game of Thrones. I do like you know the last season was shit, but I love it. It's just fuck me. Like if we're getting Lord of the Rings. And it looks like they're bringing Gandalf to Middle Earth like a thousand and a half years early. And they're like, we're just messing with the timeline, guys. Um, the, the Lord of the Rings is like one of the only things I take seriously in life. So please don't. Uh, but like I've seen so much Game of Thrones. It's sort of just like, I, I just kind of want to You want something new. I just want to break. I want something new. I'm sick of remakes. I'm sick of fucking reboots. Watch Only Murders in the Building on Disney+. Plus. Brilliant. I've, I need to. Selena Gomez. Steve Martin. Right, Steve Martin, fucking mm. hell, really phenomenal, brilliant. Fuck me, it's great. Right. It's it's uh, season I'll two. Watch Steve about... Martin is the only reason. Like you, you say, Steve Martin, I will watch anything that fuck is in. Martin, Martin Long, Steve Martin, uh, Selena Gomez. Because like Planes, Trains is one of my family's greatest. <gasps> films. Oh, it's like, me Christmas film. Yeah, we watch it because we don't have Thanksgiving. Obviously, Planes, Trains is about Thanksgiving. But to Britain, uh, the kind of Thanksgiving feeling that Americans have is what we have at Christmas. Mm. So for us, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is a Christmas film because it's a bit snowy in it and, you know, it's all about family and getting home for a meal together and stuff. Um, but Planes, Trains is just straight up one of the greatest. Oh, like, the, there's not a single... John Candy is just everything in that film. Everything. There is such a sadness. Sad beauty. A like, sad beauty that comes from John straight Candy. Straight up, yeah. Like, it's, in that film. He's, you know, like, I... Similar to like John Goodman, I love John Goodman mm. a great deal, uh, and you know why? Like he was one of my dad's favorite actors, but like one of the first films I saw in the cinema starred two of my favorite actors in later life, and that was uh, Flintstones. <laughs> it was just fucking ridiculous. I mean, I also starred the B fifty twos, which one of the best bands out there. Do you remember what they were called in it? Uh, the BC fifty two. The BC fifty yeah. two. Uh, but I really messed with the charts. John Goodman is possibly the only person that could ever realistically play a real life Fred Flintstone. Yes, Mark Addy did Fred Flintstone and was very good, but John Goodman. <laughs> no, come on. We're not calling him Mark, Mark Addy. We don't call him that. Robert we call Baratheon. Him, we call him. <laughs> no, no, no. We call him Officer Boyle. From the Thin Blue Line. I, Mark Addy's a phenomenal actor, but John Goodman Boyle is from the like, Thin Blue Line. John Goodman is Fred Flintstone to me. Like 
It's and Rick Moranis <coughs> is fucking Barney. That's phenomenal. Come on, man. That's that phenomenal. casting is insane. He kind of went into hiding, insane. didn't he, Moranis? Yeah, he did Brother Bear and then Brother Bear Two. He played the the Meese, mm-hmm. the, the plural moose. Uh, he played the Meese in uh, Brother Bear and Brother Bear Two. But he largely, I think, something happened in his personal life. I think he. Um, his family was separate. I don't know if his his partner. Oh, Flair's ass is out, and everybody's cheering. Hey, um, get your bum out for the lads. I don't know if like his partner passed or whether they got divorced or something. But Rick Moranis was like, I need to be a dad now, and off fucked off Hollywood to be a dad. And now he's like slightly back, but Flair's ass still out, still out, fully out. Down he goes. It's finally hidden, uh, but. Yeah, Rick Moranis, phenomenal actor, but just Jesus, man. I mean, John Goodman in 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 fucking uh... wait, no, no, what no, the fuck? no. Error, error was not a belt. There was not need for a belt. Jack Majorbro on that belt. <laughs> bit keen, bit keen. Oh, low blow in uh, front of the ref. No, it's a cage match. I know it is, but come on, fine. Hide his poor eyes. <laughs> Randy can't look at stuff like Randy this. Bo Bandy You'll think it's normal. <laughs> Randy Bo Bandy can't look at low But yeah, blows. Bo Bandy is something that you will get. Because that's why I thought you'd watch Trail Park Boys, because the Bo Bandy. Oh, no. I've, a I've, heard Riddle, I've heard Riddle say Randy Bo Bandy. Yeah, I'm sure Riddle I'm will sure Riddle, I'm sure Riddle's uh, watched Trail Park yeah, Boys. So, like, uh, there's a character called... Um, we might get Riddle, fucking, actually. Well, I, if we do, I'm going to talk about Trail Park Boys. We might get Riddle. Uh, but... There, there's in a Cardiff, <laughs> at the press thing. There, there's a trailer park supervisor called Jim Leahy, and he runs the trailer park. Leahy has an assistant who cannot wear a shirt. He is physically unable to wear a shirt. <laughs> he is called Randy. This is bum again. Oh, Flair's ass. Flair's ass again. again. Flair, in case Flair's, you missed it first time just, round. He's going to spread the cheeks. Jesus, that, asshole. Jesus. that is gratuitous. That is pornographic. Jesus Christ. You're Flair show being getting the, the fucking injections in his ass. Oh, come on, man. Put it away. It's such a different... It's like a milk, milk bottle but yeah, bottom. There's the, the, the assistant to the trailer park supervisor is called Randy, and Randy has a big <laughs> gut. Uh, and Randy just walks everywhere with his shirt off. You will love it, but it, it's Randy Bobandy. Like, please, before next week, watch at least uh, season one of Trailer okay, Park Boys. I will, I will. Because the beauty of it is every season starts with them getting out of prison because it's shot like a documentary. They get out of prison like, we're going straight, boys. We're going to do things the right way this time. And every season ends with them back in prison. <laughs> and then the next season obviously starts with them going, we're gonna, we've learned our lesson. We're going to do it right this time. And every single time they end up back behind bars. Right. All right. For you, because otherwise we'll have nothing to talk about for six hours. In the you, will, you will you will, <laughs> you fucking love it. You will well, love it. For the layover in, uh, in, in the South. I'll just get you some gummy bears. You'll have a great time on the train. Uh, I mean, I'll give him Pablo drugs on the train. Because whenever we've made, the, a few times we've made the trip oh, back home to, for Christmas. Cage doors popped open. Oh, sort that out. Get it shut, so, Randy. Sort that out. Randy Bobandy. That was your job, Bobandy. Randy. What are you doing? When I've taken Pablo Bam. home. When I've taken Peanut him. butter and <laughs> These are your chipsticks, by the way. I bought them for oh, you. Well, um, yeah, sorry. That's all right. When, um, when I've pa- taken Pablo back to Worcester for Christmas... Yeah. Uh, I tend to dope him up on catnip because yeah. the train journey is a bit of a bugger yeah. for him. He doesn't like it. He gets a bit upset and a bit and a bit like anxious. So I just dope him up on catnip before he goes, and he's pretty chill most of the journey. And then he gets back to my mum and dad's house, and he loves going there because he can have a little wander around and and he's got a little spot that's his, 
and he's fine. Yeah, I think we're doing the Christmas. journey. I think we're doing Christmas at mine this year. So Ooh. Cooper's Cooper's gonna make the journey up for the first time. Catnip the shit out of him. He'll take the pressure off. He he gets through his catnip quick. Like he That's can fine. fuck take around loads. with catnip for five minutes and just be grand. Take dreams. Like he would need literally a brick of catnip. So we <laughs> we need to, yeah we need to get him nice and oh what you doing Nancy? Get him doped up and they have a lovely time. Oh, she fucking missed. <laughs> fucking oh, hell, woman. God. Woman. No. You have missed no. the power. No. <laughs> you just watched him fall on his ass and threw it above his head. What? Let's get Flair a shoe. What? Liz, you whore. Liz, you whore. <laughs> Whoa, Tom. I was going to use the word I strumpet and hussy first. I didn't finish my I sentence. I started with harlot. I didn't finish my and sentence. And you just jumped straight in didn't with the W my, word. I said, you horrible person. Okay, okay. I was going to say. Where's the champ? Well, at least we don't have to deal with Randy getting cooked by Hogan every week. Oh. I'm sure something else is about to happen, though. Don't know what you mean. That's what you mean. Why is she done Elizabeth that? has turned on Poe Bandy. I respect you, savage She's man. She's just had enough of him talking about cheeseburgers. I respect you, Slim Jim man. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, that's not the right song. <laughs> is it that one? It's that one. Oh, here comes Hogan. It's a heel turn. Oh, Hogan's got a, a bigger eye patch this week. And... Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Hogan's out with a chair. He's got a... F oh, fuck off, Hogan! You've got your own match! Look, Randy's fuck not as good, off! so Hogan's had to come out and clean house. Oh, Burgundy Arn getting a shoe in. Oh... Fuck off, Hogan! Oh, and his dad pants. Heaven forfend that Savage gets a second without Hogan is fucking... Could you imagine being Arn's kid? Christ. He rocks up in those maroon shorts. That'd be great. And he's like, right, we're going Yellowstone National Park this weekend. <laughs> what, what's in store for you? You're going to watch your dad right. wrestle at least six alligators. It's going to be a barbecue, alligator wrestling, and then maybe you'll go out on a speedboat. Arn Anderson should be offering a summer camp right now. For middle-aged men to just be Arn Anderson is your dad's summer camp. He's basically Ron Ron Swanson. Like <laughs> Ron Anderson. Could you imagine like lacquering a boat with Arn Anderson? I mean, what what you've pitched there is Pizza the, is, Appreciation is, with is, Arn Anderson. What you pitched there is the best YouTube channel I've ever heard of. Is lacquering Coors, a boat with Arn Anderson. Is, is Coors Light Conrad? or Miller Light better? With Arn Anderson. I just like lacquering a boat with Arn Anderson. It's an interview show, so Arn asks you about shit whilst you lacquer a boat. <laughs> lacquering a boat with Arn Anderson. I always thought Bret Hart Hates was a good channel. Uh, and I try to say this to his no, son. No, just about 12 episodes about Goldberg. But I, I, I try to say this to his son when he's over for WCPW and went out for a drink with Blade. And I was like, Bret Hart Hates. If you just got like Bret Hart versus, versus the new Call of Duty, he would hate it. Bret Hart versus the new fancy pair of trainers. He would hate it. Like, Bret Hart hates everything you love. That should be a YouTube channel. Should be. That's quite funny. I like that. I like that a lot. Except for uh, April Fool's, where he just posts, like, videos of himself from The Simpsons, and he's like, I love this. <laughs> this is fine. This is great. 
there's excellence in the execution of this role. Even people, right, I'm looking at this bit now, Hogan taking... Even people that were attached to each other in the fucking human centipede go, Hogan's a bit close to Savage, isn't he? Yep. Fuck me. Leave the man alone! It's Why because, are you his shadow? Do you, know, I, do you know, I think the more I think about this relationship, I think it's kind of parasitic. It's a sort of parasitic, sorry, in a way, because... Uh, yeah, I got hiccups. I like um, it. Hold your breath for ages. But, uh, well, the only way I can long. get rid of hiccups is to try and force myself to do it, because you can't. You can't You can't force yourself to hiccup. But um, I always I've kind of thought about... Sorry, about Hogan and Savage. <laughs> but the whole thing is sort of like... Is it because Savage is a better worker? Is I reckon. It because, like, Savage is a better worker. Hogan is Hogan. Like, Hogan needs no introduction. Hogan is the guy, right? Like, in, in this era, the early 90s, 80s, Hogan is the guy. But I think Savage became the guy because of work rate, because of character being very unique, and being so va vastly different to Hogan. Sorry for hiccup. Now you're all good, man. Uh, and that you then get Hogan kind of out of, I don't want to say fear, but like out of kind of, well, he's a bit different, but we're kind of similar. Just so, sort of taking advantage of the relationship a bit because they were both baby faces. And well, you know, I'm Hogan, but also savage. I hear what you're saying. And, and there's a lot to be, there's a lot I agree with there. But here's the thing, right? If it was because of work rate, why wasn't Hogan in Savage's shadow when he was fighting DDP? And I'll tell you why, because that oh, because wasn't... Because DDP's not a star. And it wasn't the main event. Yeah. Savage, as a world champion, of but course Hogan, I mean, like a like, limpet, is going to stick on to him. Hogan has been gift gifted. Like, and I don't want to say gifted, because Hogan worked hard, right? There as, is no... As easy as he yeah. had it, Hogan worked hard to he get to where he was. He, he had to slam Andre and do all the shit that Vince wanted him to do, but... But stuff like this is where you think there's there's so much more you can Hogan do with Hogan. Hogan is already in the main event position, but I think if anybody gets near it, he almost has to kind of parasitically cling to that person because they're near his realm. Because it's at this point, and if you Not get... Not the other way around. If you get crazy like a fox, the Brian Pillman story, you'll know and you'll read about the fact that Hogan was pitching to work with Brian Pillman. Yeah. Because everybody was talking about Pillman. Yeah. But Hogan's got a lot of people around him because as we know around this time... He's going, yeah, I'll go heel. And his management goes, no, you fucking won't. But and, even, then, and, and that puts the and shit up him. In about a month or two's time, he goes, no, I won't. And then they go, well, what the fuck? Sting. And then Sting goes, I guess. And then Hogan turns around and goes, yeah, I'll do it. I'll turn heel. I'll do it. So it's... You can't blame him because in a way, Hogan is sort of the, pro the prototype cross-wrestler movie star person, right? Like, re really, with the kind of, I want to do action films and all this shit. I guess he did more than Cena did he's, in terms of this. There's a hot take. He's, he at least turned He's heel. sort Cena of the prototype did. of the star that wants to transcend wrestling. So he's sort of blazing that trail, but in a way it means he's surrounded by more people <laughs> each single time like he wants to make a decision. There's more people between him and the decision, which is, oh, is it going to affect a movie? Do I need to do this? Do I need to do that? And I, he's going know, from a wrestler to a production that and, company. And, and on top of that, his his marketing's everything. Like you know, the the little Hulkamaniacs, the merch, turning heel must have been quite the decision. But thank fuck he did it because I mean I don't think NWO would have had half the impact if it wasn't Hogan. No, well, you consider some of the names that were banded around. Yeah, 
Um, Yokozuna being one of them, Mabel being yeah. one of them. I went in it for a wee wee. You go for a, we you, get into you the broke event. the seal, haven't you? What do we got coming up? It is Giant versus Hogan, the main event of the evening. He will, he will as well. He's fucking tried. Um, two hours, 23 minutes, and 18, 19, 20 seconds. Two hours, 23, and just over 20 seconds now. 23, 24, 25, if you're watching along with us. Sam Driver has just popped out for a little whittle, and uh, we'll be, he'll be back very shortly. I cannot tell you, I don't know whether it's the alcohol talking, because I've had three lovely beers, lovely big beers with my boy Sam Driver. I cannot tell you how excited I am at... Uh, one week from Saturday to be in your company for Clash at the Castle. We are going to be out and about in Cardiff just beforehand. Uh, we are going to go and see the show. And then post-show, we're going to find ourselves a pub and we're going to have the most wonderful time. And we'd love it if you joined us. Don't know the pub at time of recording. We've got a few ideas. And thank you very much, by the way, uh, if you tweeted me at Tom Campbell with your suggestions for where we should go and imbibe whilst we are in Cardiff as part of uh, our wonderful trip to Cymru. I would um very grateful that you have. When we know more, of course, we will let you know more. Uh, but honestly, I cannot tell you how excited I am. So very proud to be going to Cardiff for the first WWE show. Like as it sounds really soft, really soft, but like as like a member of the press representing Cultaholic for WWE. Like wow, that's incredible. And a position we wouldn't be in if it wasn't for you. So thank you. And I hope we get a chance to hang out. Whilst, whilst we're in Cardiff. I genuinely hope we do. We have a little drink, be merry, and have a lovely time. And again, if drinking's not your thing, I wouldn't blame you. It's, it's, a, it's a much cheaper, much happier, much more cognizant existence if that is not the case. But thank you. I appreciate you. I don't appreciate Hulk Hogan, who is currently doing his eye patch thing as he walks to the ring. I genuinely am very annoyed by how Hulk Hogan hangs off Randy Savage. Couldn't let Savage have his moment to leave the ring without him hanging around him. It's really annoying me. Hogan is. And it's a shame because like when I was when I was a young man, I was like seven or eight, I was a Hulkamaniac. I was like a proper Hulk Hogan super fan. And watching wrestling now with the knowledge that I have now really makes me a bit sad uh, about this. As, a, as I was just saying, Sam, as a kid, I was a Hulkamaniac. Oh, me too. Yeah, so it's like it's it's almost like a sadness in knowledge and going, he really was a pain in the ass. Yeah, and a, and a and bit it, of a public piece of shit, yeah. Yeah, but then when he finally kind of gives in and lets the devil lead the path and becomes a bad guy... There's nobody cooler. There's no, nobody there's cooler. nobody fucking cooler than Hollywood Hulk Hogan. But this weird awkwardness... And it's so funny that it's something that never goes away. In 2022, I've spoken to wrestlers who were deeply reluctant to become bad guys. Yeah. In like, on, on, on stages much smaller than this. Mm -hmm. Like, deeply reluctant to actually... Go go all in because it might damage their booking ability, their ability to perform or whatever. It's amazing how that is still the case. If wrestling's going the way that I think it's going and we are going to return to some sort of um, kind of proto-territorial space. Which we talked about at the beginning of the... I think it's going to be a lot easier to go heel and face between regions simply because you know you got to book how you got to be booked yeah i think so and i think you can i mean it's rest, wrestling is you know we, we i've said this a few times before i think wrestling's quite easy yeah really it's quite easy when it comes to booking it it's quite easy and you can move from one to another and just immediately go you're all shit well I'm done the thing with booking is you've got to book to what works for your audience 
So if you don't know your own audience, then you're kind of shit out of luck. But if you, you kind of know your audience, you get your deal, then you're grand. Because like Christ, like I wasn't factored in every single meeting, but I was in one or two WCBW booking meetings, and even then it was like the level of depth you have to go through to thinking through. Well, if you beat this person now, what happens in three weeks, and what do you do then? And but if you know it all, then you're grand. And I think Hogan was right person, the right time. And kind of just got that massive acceleration toward the top. And how could you not be a Hogan kid? No. It's hard to ignore like, it. Someone like that who's so like who who like embodied the Zeitgeist at the time. But like we're for over ten years. But we're beyond that Zeitgeist now. Mm. And uh, and and there is such a, a nervousness about changing. Mm. But then, like we, because there's some people that do like turn face, turn heel, and and never and quite you, get that momentum back. You know, past mania doesn't really take off the way you thought it would. <laughs> Was he hoping? Like, I mean, here's the thing: like, it's not like less people would like <laughs> be going to past mania than five <laughs> because of it. <laughs> Look, if he opened past mania at Elden Square, I'd be there every day <laughs> just to see what they had on offer. I wouldn't be buying anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got the slamming spaghetti bolognese. <laughs> Would you like a bit of slamming spaghetti? <laughs> I like the idea of slamming spaghetti bolognese. Spugged. I can't remember what any of them were called. I still wish I'd bought that... Um... WCW Nitro Girl menu online. I've got a small wrestling collection growing at home, but I could have had the Nitro Grill menu for a hundred quid, and I didn't. What? Yeah. In its original like leather WCW Nitro Grill booklet and everything, didn't get it. Ah. Oh. To be honest, I don't know. Like I, I don't really want to have too much wrestling stuff in the house because of obviously our job. And to go home and be surrounded by wrestling things is a bit like fuck. See this weird after a like, day I, of like wrestling. I, I still don't I have mind masks. watching a bit of the wrestling. No, I I, I still watch. I, I've still got masks in the house in my living room. I've got a liger mask, a tiger mask. Uh, I want to have a few more, like just strategically spotted about the place. But like when you, I one of my old kind of layouts of one of my living rooms was that I'd walk in, and there'd just be wrestling posters everywhere from shows that I was involved with and stuff. And it was fine, but after a while, it's like, fuck me, like, do wrestling all day, come home, surrounded by wrestling mm. all night. <laughs> it is an interesting one, because it does sort of change that uh, your dynamic does change when you when you work in it all the time and you just go. But then I quite I don't mind sometimes coming on going, do you know what, I've got a house myself tonight, I'm going to put on a really old bit of the wrestling. My favorite is CMLL. You've said this before, and maybe on this podcast. It's on YouTube. It's free. It's in Spanish. I don't know anybody. I don't understand a single fucking word that's being said. It is bliss. Mm. I just get to watch wrestling for the sake of watching wrestling. And not and see a bunch it. of pissed up American teenagers in the audience go, yes, break, break. <laughs> like, it's, I don't have to overanalyze. I just watch the wrestling and go, that was fucking cool. That was fucking sick. That was fucking awesome. Mm. And while I'd love to watch Triple A, Triple A, like, I don't know how to easily watch it over here. So yeah. I, I can't like CMLL's all on YouTube. I don't know if Triple A does it. If they do, I'd be watching that in a heartbeat. But 
I, I've taken a great deal of joy in watching wrestling I don't understand or know anybody in. It, it, just distilling it down to the pure kind of back and forth is great. I'd strongly recommend it. Mm. I've never watched it. Like, I've watched bits of it. I've never, like, the one I really like, wanted Titan, to watch. Titan, they, they open my eyes to a wrestler called Titan who's phenomenal. Titan deserves all of the plaudits. The one that I really wanted to watch that I found it difficult to was Lucha Underground. Like, Why I do you find it so difficult? Because I don't have many of the I don't have access to many of the. Oh, I thought you meant like to digest as a product. It's it's. No no, no 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 no. Yeah. As a as a product, I love it. They're in a fucking temple. They fight. The 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 commissioners in a shed next to the ring. Like I love that shit. Like that. Like I've, we talked at at length about the sort of wrestling promotions that we'd love to do, and I love the idea of like an hour wrestling show with bombastic characters. Yeah. And, and, and that silliness that runs within it. Which is why, like, I think why... If I could one... book a venue for 10 straight days, <laughs> I'd shoot a year's worth of Oh, my shit. God, mate, be piece of piss. But, like, there's why my, my big issue with AEW is, like, Jesus Christ, you've got all these people on your roster. If you had, like, a third of that roster yep. and just laser-focused on them, you create such a compelling wrestling product. But yep. because you're, you're adamant and it's your vision and you do you, hun, it's whatever, but you're so adamant and spaffing so much that... I get I, it's difficult to jump in I want to it's it's a fine line because you don't want to make a wrestling product that doesn't reward people for watching long term but you certainly want a wrestling product that people can just jump in and out of and still enjoy yeah like I you know I, WWE for the longest of time were like they assumed that nothing ever happened the week before and that's bad but like have it in such a way where you can tell these long term stories why, that are relatively easy to tell but this is why I want to do the 90s promotion because I miss occupational gimmicks as mm. shit as that is to say i miss the idea of tuning Ooh. in and going this is a rest like big boss man this is a wrestling prison officer amazing this is a wrestling plumber this is a wrestling garbage man i want that like it's so shit and hokey but it's so kind of just every man that i love the sort of early new gen stuff where it's just crap like i would love a promotion where it was all like you know Somebody the build and size of Will Ospreay in a pair of nineties ass Oakleys coming out and a pair of Jeff Jarrett shorts under a name like Jefferson Steelflex. <laughs> like fuck yeah. That is shoot it on nineties cameras, shoot it all a beta tape, fucking take it off beta tape, digitize the fucker, get it edited and release it on VHS. That is my dream. I I tell you what. You want this on Fight TV? Fuck off, VHS. That's your only option. So have you pitched to us there what you'd do with Will Ospreay in a nineties promotion? Probably not, because Osprey's phenomenal. You'd want him under some sort of enigmatic character, like a Rey Mysterio. No. I wouldn't really want to make Will Osprey, you know, bank manager. <laughs> no, what I would make him, right? He's just really good at avoiding the interest fees <laughs> with his flips. Nah, you give Will Osprey white trainers, those popper kappa trousers, and oh. a popper kappa tracksuit. You yeah. make him a fucking acid chav. Who's going to oh, be uh, who on does, the current British, some acid on the current British indie scene? Who's going to be our, our American males team of male strippers? So it's like okay on the UK, okay right because I mean Shreddy is an incredible Shreddy shape. is an obvious one. Desert Island grass with Shreddy next week. Shreddy is an obvious one. We didn't but plan that. Could bit. he That's be as bombastic thing. as a Marcus Bagwell or a Scotty um, Riggs? Mate, Shreddy's bombastic times he is. twelve. He is, but yes. I just I've I've just been conditioned to hate him so much. But that's the point. <laughs> 
this is this is the glory, and this is why I'm so excited for a Desert Island Graps with Shreddy because because Shreddy was one of he those. Gets it, doesn't he? Yeah, but he was one of those. One of those that that early on, and we talked about this earlier, that was reluctant to do the Hogan thing and go baddie. Yeah. Because he Which was is, so beloved as a face. Like, but look at the size of you. Yeah. Look at the size of you. And I want to get under the bonnet on that and go, what made you finally go, let's embrace that at yeah. the size you're at. Why did you do it? So that's a thing we'll do. We'll have a lovely right, time. Stay tuned for NWF, the nostalgic wrestling. Oh! <laughs> Make him a male stripper who doesn't know everyone hates him. I fucking... It's, it's the idea of machine. just those really like Printing simple money. shitty. You just need some bloke in a suit as like that main bad guy of the Jimmy show. Jimmy West. Like it, it's it's so <laughs> fucking like I I miss nineties style booking. Is man, it, it's you make it a female in a power suit. Yeah, she's the the business. Mu- she's the bankroller of the company. Alexandria Barclays. <laughs> Mate, are you ready? Are you ready? I don't think you're ready. What? Abbey National. Oh shit! He has. Oh, he's done it. He has fucking done it. <laughs> Abbey National. All right. Abbey National. But Abbey National. Abbey National is going to lead a stable. They're called the Building Society. Yeah. Fucking but, hell! But wrestling's who the, easy. Who the fuck? Who the fuck is in the Building Society? Right. Okay, in the Building Society, right? You've and you need can't. to come up with gimmicks. You give me names, you've got to come up with gimmicks. Are we doing it as if like they're wrestlers on the UK scene right now? Yeah. Right, okay, so you will have... I mean, you've got, you got a fair few names Okay, I'm putting Jake here. Silver and Jack Bandicoot in, Crash Boat. I'm putting them in, but they are becoming the, the mortgage advisors, right? Yeah. And then I am going to get, right, um, Big T Justice, who's a lovely lad from Yorkshire. Yeah. He's about seven foot a million, right? And he's coming in as the bailiff, Big T Justice. Right. So like he goes in. If you've if if you've wronged. So Abbey National, mo- Abbey National as a stable are. No, no, the built the sorry, the building society is the leader. Sorry, the building society are, I guess, the bank that the promotion is banking with. Yes. Like Cyrus coming in. They to have be like, paid off. They 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 basically the 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 the. The loan they've got is with the Building Society and Abbey National, right? You've got the mortgage advisors who are there, you know, t- I, I guess it's just as a tag team, like them in well, Yeah, suits. mortgage advisors as a tag team. We've got a bailiff as a kind of Big T Justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got, we've got that. Abbey National leading the group. She's the leader of the group. Abbey National. Who could play So we've Abbey got National? a super heavyweight, a tag team, Abbey National. We need a single star. So we need and like that's a- your five. Okay, so we need a single star. Um, the. Uh, Spike Trevay. No, I think Spike Maybe should be a bit too big. Spike should do something. Yeah, I think Spike should do something slightly different. Uh, I would bring in. Uh, I'd bring in Benji. Sorry, big boot from the giant there. Sorry, Ooh. That, that feels like a wrestling quota. Uh, <laughs> um, wasn't even a big boot went for it. Just kind of caught him in the tummy and just went down. Yes, Benji is the loan officer. Uh, oh, Benji'd be fucking great. Benji's perfect for, for the this. building society. Yeah, for the building society, but make him mouthy. He's fuck. He's so good when he's yeah, little yeah, mouthy make shit. Him. But then, but then, obviously, Abby National is is she's the female oh, yeah, she, lead. She's sort of the lead, but he's he's kind of maybe the butch of the group. Yeah, I like the that kind of little gobshite. He, he's a bit too explosive yeah. for his own good. So we've got Benji, we've got Crash Boat, we've got Big T Justice. That's the building society. It's fucking money. Wrestling is fucking easy. Wrestling wanna, is fucking I easy. I want to do nineties wrestling so much. It's fucking easy. Who are we gonna make our Hogan? Okay. Because I think if we were to get an Osprey, Osprey's got to be the Mexican import. 
Fucking and it'll be like L something. No. Oh, I thought I'd make Will Ospreay the Charver. Oh, he'd be phenomenal he's at the, that. He's the acid Charver. Yeah, well, he was, sort of, Charver. he was sort of that when he was in Pachiti Club, right? He was sort of that guy. Dean Ormark, right? Dean yeah. Ormark. We, we basically cover him in the flag yeah. and we call him Union Jack. Tag him with English Lion Eddie Ryan. Eddie Ryan, there you go. So that's the Welsh thing. And then, and then one of them could turn on the other and then we can start a little conflict within the countries. Perfect. <laughs> Wrestling is fucking what easy. Are the, what are the gimmicks do we need? Um, okay, in terms of in terms of in the nineties, like we need a car phone warehouse salesman type <laughs> character, you know, white shirt, no tie, <laughs> untucked, talking to you like you don't know shit. Mm. No, we need a Britpop group. We oh yeah, tag team. We need a tag team to play a Britpop group. Uh, so I ideally somebody musical. Joe Hendry is far too above that. He's Joe Hendry isn't, Joe, isn't the guy. Joe Hendry will not Joe want to Hendry work on our stupid phenomenally, fucking promotion. No, phenomenally musical. Phenomenally talented in general. Oh, God, he slammed the son it's and the dad. WrestleMania oh, 3. Oh, my God. It's just sake. as big. Holy shit. Uh, but Hendry would be perfect for it, but deserves so much more. Hendry should be like a main he, star. Should not yeah. be put in a group. Hendry shouldn't be like, I mean. Who Three would... fucking leg drops. Kick would Joe, out. Would, would we have? Would, if Joe Hendry would do it, would he be like our top guy? We just have Joe Hendry as like a top guy. I don't know how you don't make him how somebody make near him the a... top because he's just that guy, isn't he? Like, I think what is great in the ring, great at just getting under the opponent's skin. Like in a very '90s style promotion, Hendry would just be perfect how he mm. is. I think. Like, yeah. I don't give a shit about copyright. Let's go ape shit. Let's do whatever we want. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm releasing on VHS. What are they going to do? <laughs> uh, I, I like the idea of um, a tag team called the Strike Busters. I want a European tag team. Yeah. I want a tag team coming in from Germany. Do we call them the Maybe European... Bad Bones and somebody else. Do we call them the European Union? I want... Oh, maybe Bad Bones and... Uh, oh, Hogan wins. Hogan won, of course. He Via did. Escape, oh! though, I respect that. I prefer the Escape in the cage match. I know it doesn't really make sense because you're trying to escape the opponent and it makes you look weaker, but at the same time, I feel the ordeal of climbing out the cage is better than going through the door. Mm. I think the visual of going through a door is pathetic, especially when the referee's holding the fucking True. door open for you. I think the idea of climbing bloodied out of a cage... And Hogan is not bloodied here, shamefully. Climbing bloodied out of a cage and then falling halfway down the other end is like so much more victorious than the yeah. ref going, here's the door. It's funny how the cage match kind of became like who can leave. Like an early cage match, I remember watching, I think it was Bruno Sammartino versus yeah. uh, Koloff. And it was like, and, and Sam Martino just batted his head in the corner so much and then just waved at the crowd and left. Yeah, well, Like you leave when you've done enough damage. Oh, here comes Meng. Oh! Doors open. Never Haku! leave the door open. Haku takes a shoe in. It's all right, the barbarian's here. It's all right, Hugh Morris is here. It's all right, Earth Hogan laying those here. in a bit harder than he had been before. Oh no, everybody, everybody's falling to Hogan. Get! John Tenter. <laughs> John Tenter. Right? John Tenter. <laughs> but John John Tenter did not deserve this shit. Who can stop Hogan, Sam? Randy Savage. Who can <laughs> stop Hogan? Gorka. Who? <laughs> the Gorka did a great job. Giants fucking up. Who Sullivan's can away. stop Hogan? Nobody. He's no. A machine. No. There is one that can stop Hogan. 
I don't think there is, Tom. There is I think one. you're full of shit. There oh is. my god! It's that giant haystack! It's that giant haystack! Big Daddy! Get out of <laughs> Giant Haystack! Oh my shit! Yeah! World of Sport Legend! Giant Haystacks! Giant John Tennant's like Haystacks, it's not worth it, mid. Get out of Different get in there. Get you organ! Different. How am I? Just steer back. It's not important. Didn't bother. Didn't bother him, man. Just leave him alone here, stocks, man. It's not, it's not important here, stocks, man. Just leave him. Just leave him. He's not Big Daddy, man. Chill out, man. Oh, no. No, here, stocks, man. Come on. Come on. Here, stocks, man. Here, stocks. Fucking Stay with the ring, man. Stay with the ring, here, stocks. He's got a chair, man. He's got a chair. Fuck CM Punk coming back! Fucking giant haystacks in WCW! <laughs> Get in the ring, haystacks! Oh. Get in the ring! <laughs> fucking oh, giant haystacks! Yes! He's here! This debut is shocking. He's here! Haystacks is here! The greatest crossover moment in English and wrestling in oh. American wrestling history! Let's roll the ball, Rocco! Come on! <laughs> Marty just... No, come here, Hogan! We need to... High, lo ah, high Lord Mount Evans rules, Hogan. <laughs> Big Daddy's rolling. Three rounds. Big Daddy's rolling. Three six-minute rounds. Fucking the greatest, the greatest of Lancashire man I ever did in WCW. Didn't fucking even get in the fucking <laughs> ring. Didn't even get in the fucking ring. He's fucking, but the entire Dungeon of Doom had to drag him away. <laughs> Only because they were scared of what he'd do to Hogan. Look at that! You know, the saddest part of this is, like, well, oh. we're sat here taking the piss, but the saddest part of this is that Haystacks will be in WCW for around, what, two Ten months? Ten minutes. For around two months and then dies very quickly afterwards. He goes back home uh, because he gets ill and then he yeah. has to step away. And I think it, maybe it's, it's six months it's, later that he passes. It's it's horrible. But, like, I, but how? But like, fuck okay, me. I'm like, a bit, okay, it's a tiny bit piss takery, but come on, right? British world of sport legend. Yeah. Giant fucking haystack. And the crowd popping for somebody they've never fuck. seen. I think we're popping more than the yeah. crowd. Oh, yeah. But fuck. And you know what? And I know that you went, what a debut. But come on. I, I am actually, I'm not against that as a debut. I, An entire faction had to hold him back. Which is phenomenal. But at the same time, I think you at least need the stare down. Because then after the stare down, there's a natural point where you fade to black and then they beat down the baby face and then a bunch of baby faces come out, the even the scores. And But I, I just felt like it needed that little kind of stare down mm. at least. You needed haystacks Rather than kind of, don't get in the ring, don't get in the ring. You needed giant haystacks to stand like nose to nose, toes to toes with Hogan. Yeah. But Most they... importantly, the show's done, so who gives a fuck? Uh, 90s <laughs> Wrestling Company. Who are we? We need more occupational gimmicks. We need a bank manager to go into the... Or we'll have to make one of the well, most no, no, sides a bank think manager. That, I think, I think that uh, Abby National and the Building Society... So she'd be a bank manager. Yeah, okay. I don't think we need a bank manager per se. I think in terms of like we financial, need a, we need a financial TV, authority, I think we're sorted with we Abby National a, and the Building Society. We need a, a, a TV, like, teleshopping host. Ooh. I want to tell a shop and host to give like somebody who has they like come down to the ring like selling you yeah you know like when you go to a butcher's at like a market you ever been to Catrick Market I have yeah you know the butchers at Catrick Market have the Kylie mic on the Britney mic oh I love the idea of a butcher like we need we need all the kind of traditional British shit gimmicks I mean I love the idea of a butcher with a mic who like who's trying to, who's selling meat as news agent 
They used to be a news agent. News agent's a great shout. Yeah. Um, do we do we capitalize on some of the sporting people of, of like the nineties? Oh, there do should we be do, a, we like should a have, Paul Gascoigne like gimmick. We should have either somebody whose surname is Gascoigne or Beardsley or something along those lines. We call them Gascoigne Beardsley. Maybe, yeah. And they're just like football. they're played by Lewis House. Oh, nice. Yeah, Lewis the Dragon Beardsley. Lewis the Dragon Beardsley yeah. from our coltoy.com writing team. Yeah. Mm. My God, please pitch us your ideas for this 90s wrestling promotion. That 9WF. The problem is, the problem is that we've now said this multiple times on a you recorded You do realize medium. the entire train journey down is going to be me planning this. I was hoping for nothing less. Yeah. I was hoping for nothing less because I've got a whole bunch of notes in my note f- <laughs> on my app <laughs> that I want to run by you all the way down. So I'm hoping that'll be the case. Uh, fuck me. Giant Haystacks has arrived in World Championship Wrestling. What a time to be alive. All I can say is thanks for so excited. July happens in 96 because fuck me. I... How are you cross? Giant Haystacks is here. It's hilarious. But I mean, Giant me, like, at a time, this is a time where the haystacks. business is on its ass. Thank God for Giant Haystacks then. Well, no, Giant Haystacks is a very big signifier that business is on its ass. <laughs> because, well, you. what works in the How UK? How dare you? Big Daddy, Giant Haystacks. How <laughs> dare you say that Giant Haystacks is part of the problem, not the solution? Hogan, I'm going to get you, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> God, fucking, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. What I'm a day. Mess. I'm only slightly sad that Liam slightly gave that away for you when we had a chat with the brilliant Liam I, I knew something was coming. More I just than forgiven. Forgot, but I read it this hell. morning at like nine o'clock and my heart went boom, boom, boom. And I was like, oh my God, it's I can't wait. fucking out. Because just... I knew he landed, yeah. but I didn't know that his debut was that bombastic. It's Where it's they treat really him as something. like, holy fuck, this is the man that will kill Hulkamania. But the thing is, in Britain, that's how he was trapped. Yeah, because, and I, I mean, love fuck, that they like, treat him, him and, like that over here. Him and because a lot of thing, a lot of people forget Big Daddy had a run on his own before he had a run with Giant Haystacks. Giant Haystacks was sort of the making of Big Daddy in a more like m- traditional sense because Big Daddy was established. You know, he was he was a, a star and everything, and it was fine, and it was it was doing all right. It was just going by, you know, ticking over. But the second they partnered him up with Haystacks as a heel tag team. And then slowly but surely, Daddy turns face, and then you've got Haystacks, Daddy. And you cannot he, deny the Daddy. That's the that's the that's sort of the big story in British wrestling is those two fuckers. So <laughs> you you treat them you the treat him with all this like two fuckers. <laughs> you treat him with all this like reverence and everything when he arrives, but it's like yeah, it's phenomenal. It's great. We've got big, fucking giant Haystacks here, <laughs> you know, of giant Haystacks, Big Daddy fame, and it's amazing. It's cool and everything, Walk but you know they're not gonna know how to use them. You know it's going to implode in their faces. You know it's all going to backfire and they'll quickly sweep it under the rug. And it's just a matter of three weeks until we don't talk about him ever again. Who are you to, 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 <laughs> to, to ruin my dreams of giant haystacks in WCW? <laughs> I don't know what you mean, if mate. If they have John Tenter, if they have fucking John Tenter on the books and they're doing to John Tenter what they're doing to John Tenter, the I don't believe that they can treat fucking giant haystacks with any reverence not that he deserves it it's the fact that John Tenter is one of those dragging giant haystacks away to go exactly. don't fuck with Hogan don't fuck with I Hogan I didn't look at even me even though I could literally literally <laughs> fucking work miles around you because we have very differing styles oh, uh, 
and that's <laughs> that that is it at the core british tv wrestling for bigger 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 super heavyweights was uh where the biggest boys play i'm just saying it's lacking a little bit lacking oh, i think that's so fair excited. to say but fuck me the fact tenter is pulling him away when i'm just sat there going can we not have something better for tenter than the fucking shark <laughs> like and now he's pulling fucking giant haystacks you away. Are you know that. So wrong. And then no, the worst part of I'm all of it. Right this the time. worst part of all of it is WWE goes to Tenter. Do you want to come back? And he goes, yeah. And then they go, all right, we'll make you Golga. And he's like, oh yeah, sweet. It's not the earthquake shit. <laughs> <laughs> to quote Jerry Rafferty, they'll get it right next time. Yeah. Giant haystack. <laughs> right. That is that is Super Brawl. It was a bag of shit. Um, Ric Flair Savage, what did Dave give it for stars? Uh, remember that? Remember her? <laughs> two, three. Three and a half is the best match of the night, according to Dave. It was pretty all right. Hogan versus the Giant. One and a half. One. One. Oh. Would have been five. What did you say about hay Haystacks? Um... I think he just mentioned the fact that giant haystacks. I'll pull up the actual quote from the Observer. Because like World of Sport, World of Sports, like we've talked about. Uh, like Dave's for American, about it for American, for American audience, I guess you know, like how you look at ECW and ECW was like car wreck. <laughs> you, you think of ECW, you think of Sandman, you think of Dreamy, you think of New Jack. Big Daddy right? coming out with like gangster but, music, hitting people with. No, bins. but you think of you think of like the bigger characters, right? You think of yeah. Sandman, Dreamer, New Jack. You, you think of all the big sort of central stars in all the more violent angles. But ECW was known for having a very, other than that, other than the extreme shit, a very sports-driven, independent wrestling pioneering angle that would go on to, you know, provide flavor for companies like PWG to this day. Mm -hmm. World of Sport was very similar. You had people like Mark Rollable Rocco. You had people like Marty Jones. You had all of these individuals who were known for work rate, and for amazing ability in kind of turning around on each other, submissions, and everybody's seen the kind of catch-as-catch-can style, right? Mm -hmm. That is central to the British wrestling style. But um, you also have on top of that a layer of kind of Big Daddy and Haystacks, which is sort of the entire rest of the card is very work-rate-driven. Yes. And then you get to two big blokes just sort of bumping into each other until one falls on the other till the three. Easy, and easy. Easy. Because of their placement on the card and because Big Daddy's brother was the booker of joint promotions, um, you end up with those guys on top and so they become the central stars and so they become the central figures. Despite the work rate, despite kind of the, the pioneering that's going on, they are the more popular names. And it's sort of one of those things where it's almost like, yeah, ECW in reverse. Whereas out of ECW, you had all the kind of Rob Van Dam and all the kind of Chris Candido and work rate guys on top of that. Yeah. World of Sport is kind of like, oh, yeah, you got all the real all wrestling the and then you got Big Daddy. And for some reason, we fixated on the more entertainment side of uh, their presentations for those two toward the end. From the Observer. Uh, Super Brawl also saw the introduction of a new... <laughs> Dave, man. Also saw the introduction of an embarrassment of a newcomer. Dave, the 53-year-old Loch Ness Monster, Luke McMasters from England. As horrible as to say, he's not wrong. How dare you? Who appears to have ballooned to every bit of 600 pounds since the last time we saw him. Well, And nearly had a coronary, coronary doing a pre-show running. Wasn't the whole thing with giant haystacks that he wanted to get bigger and bigger and bigger anyway? That was his story when he fought Big Daddy. 
I'll be 43 stone by the time we fight, big daddy. Uh, worst yet. Well, it was 45, it, wasn't it? And he got there. Oh, he got there. He got there, he got there with a problem. Stone. Worst and then the next one, it was like, I want to be 50. It, it would always go up. So Haystack's thing was he got bigger and bigger. <laughs> almost like a Dragon Ball Z boss. Um, but like... I can guarantee this is the so first I time on the podcast that giant haystacks have been compared to look, a dragon ball. Giant haystacks box. is perfect cell. Let's just let's just level it there. He has <laughs> definitely uh, absorbed all of the androids. I am perfect cell. Uh, but he's gonna have the cell games, best saga ever. Um but <laughs> I, I think like that's maybe a bit unfair to be like, oh, he's ballooned because this whole thing was kind of he got bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm. As shit as that is for his health and his shit as this whole thing was I'm bigger and I'm worse and I'm bigger and I'm worse. Being fat, I am strong. Yeah, kind of. Like, I can absorb more. Uh, he says, worse yet, it was obvious he was being groomed for the key spot in the next pay-per-view opposite Hulk Hogan. Yeah, let's so, see how long that takes to, to pan out. Do you know what really sucks is that like the next pay-per-view, I don't even think he's even on it. Yeah. That really sucks. And it's what, about four or five weeks it's until we get there? four weeks. Yeah. Four weeks and some change before we get there. But let us let us revel. in. Ignore what Sam's saying. <laughs> ignore, ignore him grounding ign- your expectations. Ignore Sam truth bombs. Giant haystacks is in WCW. Ignore the truth. <laughs> Giant haystacks is feuding with Hogan. <laughs> what a day. What I, a day! You know, it's better than if Big Daddy was feuding with Hogan. Don't threaten me with a good time. Could you imagine? <laughs> easy! Easy! I'm gonna get easy, you off! Easy! Easy! <laughs> over Big Daddy over. belly pushing Hogan! Hogan selling it like he was shot! <laughs> Fucking yes! Why wouldn't I want that? What a Who's day. gonna be our Big Daddy? Oh. Okay. We need a big daddy for Okay, we need a big daddy. Who could I play? Who could be a big... Now, obviously, now, in terms of like size and stature, my head goes to the headline Will Cruz. Yeah. Because uh, he's a big boy, but, but he, also, he can do so much he's shit, He's a fucking cruiser. Away. But we want to say, look, we know how talented you are. You can do moonsaults, hurricane runners, Frankensteiners. Right. Fuck all that off. Belly push. <laughs> Chant easy. That's it's the hardest thing about it. It's gonna be the easiest. If we were to try and make twenty quid you've ever earned. If we were to try and make the nineties promotion happen, like it the hardest thing is gonna be finding somebody who has all this talent and going, You're the big daddy. I think if we we, need you to come out here and hit four moves and that is it for an hour. If I pitch it to Will Cruz and went, Look, (laughs) chant easy, big splash and a lariat, twenty quid. Done. 20 quid. I do, oh, you're right, 15. That's 70s prices. Yeah, that, that lines up. <laughs> get yourself away. Get a hot dog. 15 quid. Get yourself away. Get a hot dog. I think you'd be up for it. Fucking, every Sunday when I played rugby. Yeah. You play your rugby, have a hot dog. A free hot dog. Yeah. There you go. Every, everyone, on the, everyone on the show gets a hot dog. I reckon if we approached Will Cruz in the right way and went, look, here's the crack. Easy money. It's the easiest, it's the easiest money you've ever earned. <laughs> you can do fuck all. But it's gonna get over like crazy. Easiest money you've ever earned. It was a bad mistake mentioning this idea to you because it's gonna fucking happen. The problem is, it's gonna fucking happen. I am one that will see a gag to its full conclusion. It's gonna fucking happen. It's gonna happen. I'm afraid. I'm gonna have to start '90s wrestling federation. We we have to do at least one because it's now recorded. It's on celluloid. (laughs) It's not on celluloid. It it will be. (laughs) When we do the night, if somebody if somebody's printing this shit to film, if you could send me that, we are hiring photographer Tony Knox. Who is going to come along and he's going to take well, photos? He's going to take anything, Polaroid I, photos. I, I know the I know the block booking and directorial technique for '90s WWE cameras. Brilliant, I do know that. So we can give Tony direct instructions. <laughs> Tony Knox or, is a phenomenal 
photographer, that, by and the we're going to tell we him say, to not worry about it. Tony Knox is. If you've never heard of oh, Tony Knox, he's if you're if you're British, uh, a British wrestling fan, you know Tony Knox. The man is. I can't even begin because he would. You've seen be photos at, of Tony Knox. He'd Knox's be at WCBW taken. shows. He would be at, at, at conventions. He'd be anywhere that there were wrestlers. Like that guy is unbelievable. Like he has photos of some of the most high-profile talent. Like he he is like the British, the British wrestling photographer. It, it's genuinely insane. When you talk to him, he's like, oh yeah, he I've is. got shots of these people and that and this and I did this. It's like, what the fuck? And he is going to have the easiest night when we hand him a Kodak disposable camera and tell him to stand, three, the big and thing. Tell him to stand three rows the, from the back. The <laughs> biggest thing is going to be like, if, if we do this properly, I want to release it on VHS. I couldn't give a shit about yeah. streaming. This is going to be a massive money pit. You're going to have I, to buy the, the video. The crowd are going to have to have Phones in bags, those weird phone locking bag things, so mm -hmm. they can still answer emergencies, but they can't take pictures and do all that stuff. And we're going to have to hand out a free disposable camera to everybody, we'll collecting all the disposable cameras at the end. You write your name on it so we can say who took the pictures or we're whatever. We're going to play a video before it starts. You wouldn't steal a phone. <laughs> I, do not steal this I just like the idea of, of starting a promotion that's maybe set in 1995 and then seeing where it goes. And treating all of the events like, and then at New Year's Eve, we'll do one at New Year's Eve that ticks over into 96. And then we sort of have this period of time where, you know, it's going to run till maybe 0203 and you'll see the eventual demise of it. But it becomes this whole thing for like a two or three year stretch. And that is, that is, that is, that is, that is done. In my head, I've already cast, as you have, the Building Society. I've already cast Big Daddy. <laughs> I want like a, an import star that's a bit kind of off kilter, like Tamatonga. No, no, like got to be. If we're gonna do an import, I, it's got to be somebody local under a mask. No, I, I think there that's needs to be. There needs to be. It. But there needs to be. Yeah, no, but not like a. You wouldn't have Tamar under his name. He'd, he'd be under a because it's. Not oh, so we're gonna bring in Tamatonga. I mean, bring him in as a talent. Right. Just as like the, the import American guy, because there's got to be one American guy. That's the thing. And Tama's like kind of, he's got that sort of swagger to him where I think if you put him in a pair of crazy Oakleys or something, you could give him a crazy fucking weird gimmick and he'd just go with it. Which I think I know that'd be up for it. I can think of a few people. We got to do it. We got to do fucking 90s WrestleFed now. It's going to happen. This is I'm not so going to be a cultaholic thing. So I sorry. can't imagine a single person at this company wants to get back into live wrestling production. But, but I me know, and Tom will. I know people that on this side of the water, and I know people that work at WWE. But listen it's to more Tom that And will do it. Will encourage I, us I've to do it. At, I've looked at 90s production equipment. It's not even that expensive anymore. <laughs> like we could get a full set of cameras for about a grand. And that's about a five camera setup, and we could have it all recording straight to Betamax and then get it all in, digitize it, edit it like it's fucking 4 3 standard def. We're going to do it, aren't we? Do it all in We're VHS. Gonna We're going to do it. Lex Luger, set, Lex Luger has said he will stand up out of his wheelchair if he can come to the 90s. We'll get Matt Stryker on half the commentary booth. Who else? <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll do comms just to keep the costs down. Well, no, you're going to need a central role on the show. No, but I'll do comms as well. We're like, both going to well, need some well, sort Vince of role Vince did. We'll do comms. Yeah. But Vince, like, because Vince did comms and he ran the show. Yeah. It's fine. Me and you will do comms. Yeah. yeah. We'll just have like 90 pseudonyms. 
As long as they're going to be the Heyman coming up with the headset. Yeah, yeah. You can. I'll, I'll be the. I'll be the straight guy. You can be all the character shit. I'll just yeah. kind of go. Oh, what a what a maneuver! So what a soup play that was. <laughs> I'll do. I'll I'll do all that. We're going to be like fucking uh, insane clown posse on all of the uh, juggalo wrestling shit. Where they just they've got they've got alter egos, but it's just those two. <laughs> just commentating on the whole thing under alter egos. Well, or like when um, I think it was Dory Funk Jr. When he used to, I remember watching a Dory Funk Jr. show that yeah. he promoted, but he did the commentary for his show as well. I yeah. remember him commentating a match and he went, oh, Snapmare by me. I just, I, <laughs> I just that's, tickled that's me. fucking PWG Snapmare level shit. Snapmare by that. me. I, the one thing that, like, it, it's, it's the biggest issue is going to be that the fact that the crowd has to be aware that they need to turn up in 90s gear. We'll tell like them ahead the of time. The whole thing has to be 90s. We'll tell them. It has to be as 90s as possible. We should be holding it in like a nightclub. It should be something like dingy. It needs to be, oh man, this is fucked, man. How am I going to get like 10 grand together to do a show? Can we hold it in Pop World? We, y- yeah. Or Cozy, World's Cozy Joe's. Fucking, yeah, can we do Cozy Joe's? Actually, I've got an in it. I don't think Cozy Joe's. Joe's has got the best uh, space for it, but we need uh, we, Can we hold it? Hey, <laughs> this ties it back to the start of the podcast. Whitley Bay Ice Rink. Ah, oh, Whitley Bay Ice Rink. Whitley Bay Ice Rink. The dream. Rink. We hold it at Whitley Bay Ice Rink. Shoot a fucking terrible little advert for it with like 90s ass graphics. Sunday, 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 Sunday. Come to Whitley Bay. The same Bay, venue Bay, that Bay, Metallica, 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 Metallica played last week. And Yoko Zuda, 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 Zuda. What year do we set it in though? What's no. year one? I think, I don't know if it's got to be the death now. Maybe start year one in 93. 93, 94, I would say. I think 94. And then each each show that passes, what are we doing monthly or are we going to go yearly with each show? I, do you know what? I think let's let's not get too like over. Let's gauge how well this one does. Yeah. And if we make our money back on it, right. then we can go, okay, let's, let's think again. Because we'll have curried favor with fans and wrestlers alike by the first one. Yeah. If you want, if, and if it, if it made financial sense that we could do it again. If we could get like Tiny T Studios or like some form of actual like production studio, I'd be all for it. Where we could shoot it like an uh, an almost like an NWA style. But at the same time, I kind of want that shotgun Saturday night aesthetic. No, we would, no, I mean... Like I mean, nightclub style, like big market. We just, we, just, we just border off like part of the venue and have like... Riverside's some... the perfect venue for it, but obviously we can't mm, use Riverside. Yeah, it's a bit busy. Uh, but like we could do like, like wherever we go, as long as we have like a little bordered off area where we could just do interviews. Yeah. That'd be fine. I think it needs to be thought out to the nth degree on like the mise-en-scene and stuff like what's the background of the interview is going to look like should it be like a the a, logo looped over and over yeah and over looped again. over and over again on like a, a block print like a, a red carpet walk so okay cool we got that done but it, it's like that's all the shit it needs to feel like it can't feel like an indie that you're just watching the first episode of the first episode needs to be like you found a tape all yeah. these years later and it's already halfway through a bunch of storylines so yeah so, so yeah yeah so you would sort of tell the you would start go, like halfway well through as you know last week yeah it, the, would, it would start the building society like took yeah. all the funding away from joe the the freelance plumber yeah mcgovern's yeah and that that's the thing and then you need a, an entire audience in popper pants with disposable yeah. cameras that we provide and, and disposable and income shit. ideally yeah disposable income well yeah we need you need to spend some money on the bar because because that's how we keep the venue desperately uh, need that. but I uh I I don't know what it is. I just want to shoot something that is my childhood's wrestling. It, it I don't know what it is. Like I just want to do something that's like shit. 
The here's the thing, right? On and every I, level. The the watch along finished 15 minutes ago. It did, and all we've been doing is talking about. We have we have put it out into the world. Now. <laughs> <laughs> this has oh, to be a thing that we do. You know that part where you said I never want to run a wrestling promotion again. Yeah. Spoiler, kiddo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, can I add a? Can, I'll add a little caveat to it, right? Because it's something I was talking about earlier. The classic Raw review, uh, which is a a, a, a sister podcast yeah. to this one, uh, features uh, Jack Atkins, or as he's known, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando. Okay, and I feel like Jackie Orlando as like a Freebird Michael Hayes esque. Gimmick. Oh yeah, yeah. I think we have the rambunctious Jackie Orlando. Absolutely, as a I, character I think for sure. And I also want Howard Drake in a central heel position. Yeah. Featured. Do we make him a bin man? No, no. He he needs like a serious... He needs to be one of the only serious characters, I feel. Do you? Or maybe we give him a Mr. bit of serious, a... Mr. Serious, Howard Serious. No, I, I think, I think we, we put him in maybe like an evil stable. Maybe I... not as the leader, but he's one of the central figures that maybe breaks away from it. Well, so I think that Howard enjoys sort of being his own person i think that if i had a chat with him he might be he might be right being with a wrestling dentist i oh i could have a little word with him he'd be fantastic the the fucking isaac easiest 20 quid you've ever earned at the same time (laughs) i i part of me feels like drake is somebody you can get behind even when he's being a heel but even when he's being a horrible heel in a match if he goes up and he starts springboarding and stuff you can get behind him so i i feel like He's somebody you would put in like a Raven's flock style stable and have him be the one that starts to question it. Ooh. And he's the one that maybe breaks away and then you get that really good upper mid-card feud out really of him. that's a really good shout. And then that grunge. pushes him up because he's, he's big enough to kind of go into that heavyweight sort of size mm. division. So you kind of have a break off that storyline and then boom, a few months down the line, he's starting to gun for that big belt. Ooh. I don't know if he needs a mouthpiece. I don't know what else, but like, you, you, I think Drake's the type of person where he can be so exciting as a heel that you can kind of turn that onto him, questioning his leader's morals nice. to then have him feud against and come back. But so we could do like, because grunge is very much a thing in the nineties. Yeah, and it's coming back. So you could do like a like you, you could have a guy called Kurt Nirvana. Oh, that'd be nice. And he's just like, hey. We all do our, need all we our need, parents. We need are at least we need yeah. at least an Alfie Zane pet themed stable. Um, <laughs> I want to put I want to put Howard in there. I want a stable of brickies. Drop our work in Bricky. Uh, Howard Drake. I want I want at least a footballer and or a footballer's relative. Gascoigne Beardsley. Uh, Gascoigne Beardsley. Gascoigne Beardsley uh, is I his full name. A painter decorator. Who comes out and he's the guy that does all the tables matches. Arthur Job. Because he's got all it. Oh my god, yes. Arthur Job. Uh, he's got like the he's got like the wallpaper and table and everything. Uh I want He puts people through it! Maybe his whole thing is he wants to be an interior decorator when he's trying to decorate the ring, but somebody keeps coming out to fuck with him. Oh my and god. And he puts them through the interior right, decorating table. We need to win this. We're gonna give away so many storylines. We're gonna have to. Thanks for listening to the watch along of Super Bowl Six. Remember that? <laughs> Nearly four <laughs> hours. He's at the Sam Driver on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Holy fuck, we will see you in Cardiff next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.